Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. If this story was any good, maybe you people would understand it. You don't even understand the story. It only goes over everybody's head. How great can it be? Maybe they need to talk more during these matches. And Rich Crage. This is my entire life's goal is to be a WWE superstar, and now I am the NXT Women's Champion. You can take that. If you want that, great. Good for you. I want him to talk about getting roadhead. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want out of my wrestling. Call me old-fashioned, Joe. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. So, so I'm back from the vacation, back from Utah. Uh, but I do need I, I need you to give me a ruling here. Uh, will, will you do that? If I, if I lay out a scenario, will you be able to give me a, a ruling uh, to said scenario that uh, that occurred for me today? I'd love to give rulings. OK, let's do this. Let's be the official ruling. So uh, to clarify, I'm not sure I I'm not sure if I'm lucky or unlucky in this scenario. OK, and here's what happened. So I'm, I'm driving to work today and I'm taking a, a, an unusual route to work today because I have to drop somebody off and pick somebody up from, from my job. So it's a little annoying. I got to kind of change things up a little bit. That's fine. Okay, whatever. So I'm on my way to work with this unusual route that I don't normally take or whatever. So I'm in a turn lane going to turn left. There's a car behind me. I take a left. I look behind me and the car behind me gets rear ended at full speed, full speed. Like the mm. car behind it just did not slow down. Did just hit this car. It looked like everybody was okay. So so hopefully it looked like everybody was more mad than anything, but full speed, not good. <laughs> you know, you definitely don't want that. And I'm thinking, man, if I if I turned four seconds, you know, if I just waited four more seconds to do this turn, this guy's gonna hit me too. And we're but we're all three of us are in this collision or whatever. So I I, I do that and I'm like, oh man, wow, that was that was a close call. Whew. Oh boy. All right. So that you you say I'm lucky, right? In that scenario. Oh, wow. Pretty lucky. You avoided. Uh, avoided. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, are you going to blame yourself for this? Because no, no. <laughs> no, 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 because it gets worse. And and this one, I do have to clarify that I have no idea what happened uh, uh, with this later thing that I'm going to discuss. But um, I'm driving on my way home now again on this unusual route because I have to drop somebody off and, and pick somebody up or whatever. So I'm on this unusual route. I'm turning again. So I turn left turn lane turn. I go through. The car behind me is starting to turn and I'm looking back as I've already completed my turn. I'm looking back and I'm going, there's a car coming. Does this car not see this other car coming? So what happens is the car that's coming swerves out of the way to avoid this person behind me that was turning left. 
hits a car coming on an oncoming traffic. These cars then re- proceed to spin and then get T-boned by a semi truck. You witnessed two of these things in one yes. day. Is this what you're saying? <laughs> yes. And now this one, I do want to clarify. I have no idea. It looks bad. One of the person, one of the people got out of the car right, right away. The other person was full airbags. No idea. I mean, they got T-boned by a semi truck. Probably not good. Hopefully modern cars are, are good enough and well enabled enough that this person isn't seriously hurt or whatever. But regardless, so this is happening. But I look behind me and I'm seeing this. I'm going, what the fuck? So now I'm thinking on my ride home. Am I lucky that I avoided both of these crashes by inches, by, by seconds, by inches, by whatever you want to call it? Or am I unlucky because both of these fucking things happened to me within inches or seconds away from me being in car accidents, both on my way to work and my way home from work? Joe Lanza, this, how do you rule? <laughs> this sounds like some final destination. Yes, scenario where <laughs> yes, it does. You're gonna, I don't know if I want to leave the house tomorrow. I might just stay I think here. There, I think the Reaper's following you around. I think. You better be careful in the shower. You're liable to slip in the shower and then the Thank you. This is what curtain. I'm thinking. Okay, good. I, I'm glad we're on the same wave like here because that's what I'm thinking. I'm on my ride home. And I'm like, what's going to happen next? I'm just looking around. I'm like, oh, that car's being a little weird. I'm getting away, you know, slow down. I'm, I'm driving like 20 miles per hour, both hands on the wheel, radio off, like just 100% trying to focus, making sure I'm in tune with everything going around. And you're right. I'm not going to shower. I'm not going to leave the house. I am... Okay, uh, thank you for not helping me at all, but making me even more anxious about uh, where my life is headed this week. No, I think I think imminent death is around the corner. I think you're gonna slip in the shower, and the shower curtain's gonna wrap around your throat, and you're gonna like accidentally get hung on the curtain rod, or you're gonna be cooking dinner, and you're you're gonna choke on a lamb chop bone or something, or uh, you're you're gonna settle in with your uh, with your with your pajamas, your your nightgown, and your little cap at the end of the night. And you're going to have buttermilk, your, uh, my warm, cup of buttermilk. You're, you're, you're going to have your warm buttermilk to get that stomach settled, but you're not going to notice that it's very expired and you're going to catch some uh, dangerous virus and that's going to put you out. You're not going to wake up because I think creeping death is uh, following you around. And this is uh, it's very clear that, um, you know, you've been you've been dodging this. But um, did you have any issues spelunking? Did you get? Was there any, were you in danger <laughs> of getting not, I never spelunked inside of I a never cave? spelunked. I, no, I didn't. I did no dangers of getting caught in the caves. Uh, no real dangers at all in, in, in Utah. Not uh, not not too much uh, dangerous did stuff you, did, in Utah. At any point, did you slip and almost fall on a stalagmite? <laughs> no, believe it or not. No, I did not almost slip and fall in a stalagmite. So were um, you were you at any point chased by like a cougar or a bear? Uh, no cougar, no mountain lions, no, not a lot of bears in Utah. So, no, I did not have to worry about any of those okay. uh, sort of animals. Mountain lions do live there, but nobody ever sees them. So, yeah, they're, they're there, though, but nobody ever knows. So. All right. Well, I mean, you know, I just want to see how far back all of this goes. No, it's really it was and, really today. It was really con- compressed to today. So I don't know if it was the weird route I took. I don't know if it was just some weird uh, again like I, I don't know like I was thinking man I'm lucky I missed both those things and I'm like wait no I don't know if I'm lucky I had both those things happen to me within seconds within inches like that can't be luck it's luck the first time it'd be luck if the last time happened but the fact that both of these things happen on the exact same day I don't like that at all that's weird I don't know if I were you I'd get my affairs in order no, we are doing that, a, we are doing a life insurance call next week, so um, might I have was going to gonna say, do you have a policy? Did not yet, but we're working will? on that. Working on that. Okay, I would I would highly recommend it. You know, because uh, uh, I don't like what I'm hearing. 
<laughs> I don't either. Is all I'm saying. I don't either. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I add add in the, uh, the higher more. than usual blood pressure. And I don't know. Things are getting, things are getting, you know, staring I mean, down that imminent death that you look at every single day that you, uh, you go to bed. I've already got my phone out. And I'm trying to line up some guest hosts for the next few weeks because I don't. <laughs> hey, Andrew Rich, how what's your availability on Thursdays? Yeah, yeah. You Sue know, Williams, I, what are you yeah. doing, buddy? How you doing? What are you doing next week, pal? So, uh, yeah, yeah, probably not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Yeah, because uh, I don't I don't like the sound of this at all. But it sounds like uh, you're being followed around by like a black cloud. Thank you. Okay, you know? I'm glad because that's exactly uh, what I thought. Um, yeah, I have a, um, I was just talking about this with somebody who shall remain nameless about someone who won't remain nameless in a matter of moments. If you follow, if you I, I gotcha, let me I tell my little tale. So I, I have this ex-girlfriend who, um, broke up with her many years ago and, um, you know, she would continually over the years drift in and out of my life. And we would, I would try to remain friends with her and she was always very troubled and try to help her out. But she's just one of these people that just is constantly followed around by a black cloud and you just get sucked into her vortex of negativity. You know what I mean? Like everyone knows people like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just like, at some point you just got to cut bait. It's like, you know what? I can't know you anymore. It's just, you know, you bring your problems. To <laughs> Am me. I this person you're Every, cutting bait on? Is this it? Is everyone, Are we done? Every, everyone, everyone around you and that you know somehow gets sucked into your vortex of, of negativity and shit. And, and you make everyone's life worse. And it's just like, at some point, you got to cut bait, right? Um, to me, CM Punk is one of those people. Oh, yeah. He's just, he's just followed around by a black cloud of negativity. And if you're around him too much you eventually it's inevitable are going to get sucked into his vortex of negativity. And, um, I guess that's a perfect segue. I guess what so. We we're going to open up with here. Um, you know, hopefully that's not, you now. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, God, I hope not. Yeah. It's, I, I was just thinking the other day that like, while I've been driving and I drive a lot, I drive a lot, you know, to work, I drive a lot all over the place. I don't I, I don't recall ever having an accident happen in front of me or or directly behind me. I, I thought about that the other day, too. I was like, man, you know what? I'm pretty lucky to not have an accident happen like right in front of me or or, you know, a car get hit and kind of slide into me or something like that. And then today, two times, both to work and from work, I was like, God damn, Jesus. So, OK, I, I'm glad you did yeah. not help me at all. Um, I was hoping that you were going to go. No, you're lucky, man. Look at what you avoided. But no, you you think that there's a black cloud of death following me. So uh, to get, I, listen, and to I'm, quote, get my affairs in order. Yes. I Yeah, I mean, I'm a, as, I'm a truth bringer. As I you know, I, that's, that's like what you would say if like the uh, <laughs> I'm in like a bed with like, a uh, you know, in, in Japan, they use them. They'll use like those little. Um, like after a match or whatever, instead of the spray, like sometimes you get the spray, like the cold spray, but then sometimes they get the, you know, the, the, the ice packs or whatever. They'll run into the ring, yeah. get the ice pack and put on the guy's neck. So, so I'm in this bed with the ice pack on top of my head, the old school thermometer in my mouth. And then the, the home doctor, you know, putting away his stethoscope and saying, <laughs> I believe you should get your affairs in order <laughs> as he, yeah. as he leaves yeah, the yeah. house for his next house call. And this, you know, 1910 scenario that I've laid out here where I have, you know, scarlet yeah. fever or whatever. And they're like, uh, one of those deals where they say, and, and then they whisper to your wife, you, would you like me to get the preacher down? Here <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because I'm dying you know, from something that will in, in, in a few years be cured very easily by a vaccine or whatever. But at this time, it's killing millions of people across the world. Yeah, there's a, that's me. Yeah, as, as my, my, my wife clutches a, a handkerchief crying. In the, yes. The yes. at-home doctor takes down his stethoscope and says, I can, I can call the preacher in now if you'd like. Yeah, they're, they're bringing in the preacher. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're talking right. about rheumatism. <laughs> right. they're, uh, they, they, they got that... Uh, the old school ice pack, the rubber one that you fill from the top. Yeah, and it's exactly. Like all, That's exactly yeah, what that, I'm, it's that, on. The, it's on the top yeah. of my head and I have the old school thermometer hanging out of my, you know, my mouth is, you know, the doctor takes it out yeah. and t- puts away the stethoscope. And mm, I don't like how this looks at all. <laughs> no. Ma'am, my advice would be to get this man's affairs in order. Right. It's uh, not looking at yeah, that's, that's that's you. You're the doctor. You're the home doctor, and I'm the the guy in the bed with the you know the old school ice pack on my head. So yeah, I mean, I you know I can't. I'm not gonna look. I'm not a sh- I'm not the kind of guy who sugarcoats things. You know, I I just uh, I give it to you how it is, and I don't like the sounds of this at all. <laughs> well, thank that's you. Okay. Well, I'm say. glad that you're with so. me, and I should be nervous and scared and uh, and terrified you to leave should. the house. Yeah, so that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So that's terrified. good. Okay, good. Yeah, I, that's- if I were you, I'd just quit your job and stay in the house. I, I, <laughs> Record more podcasts. Not a bad idea. Again, not a bad idea. All right, I'm with you. I got it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I think it's too risky to be completely honest. You know, it's uh, it's April in Chicago. Is there still ice out there? You might slip uh, on an ice no. patch and. Uh, it's like 72 degrees right now, but so no, no ice yet. But you never know. Tomorrow's a new day in, in, in Chicago's spring season. So uh, you never can be quite sure. We had, we, it went from like 85 to snowing like in three days. So yeah, it, it can go any, any, any different directions. But anyway, we got a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to talk about. Uh, this week, as as Joe said, we're going to talk about CM Punk, and he's at it again. <laughs> so we are going to start the show off with that. We'll also discuss WWE's new belts. They have a new world title, the World Heavyweight Championship. We'll talk all about that. Uh, there's a new lawsuit uh, filed by a former WWE writer. We'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, some new additions to Impact Wrestling as well that uh, making some waves uh, with some recent free agents. I think the one is is announced and, and everybody knows it. The other one, I think, is everybody kind of knows it, but I think is technically a spoiler. So I guess we'll let you know. But I think by the time that we talk about it, it will have aired on, on television. So regardless, whatever. I, who cares about Impact what spoilers? The hell you talking? <laughs> like, who what the, the fuck cares about Impact spoilers? Hold on. What the hell are you talking about? Trinity Star? Is it called, is that the name that they're using on, uh, on Impact Wrestling? I believe her name is... Trinity Star, okay. S T A R R, the sister of Austin Star. <laughs> right. No, uh, I don't in think canon? so. But I guess in can yeah, I don't know what Impact Canon is uh, for for Trinity you, Star. Can you, so can you prove I cannot that they're no. not related in Canon? I cannot. Uh, I no, I cannot. Well, so you're right. Until I, until otherwise noted, they are they are related. So congratulations to you. Until you tune in to Impact, sir, on Thursday, <laughs> which apparently is happening in my hometown, but. Didn't know that. Right. That's all right. It's then I, I don't, 20 minutes away from me. So, yeah, well, I don't think you can definitively say that they're not going to be related in canon. And who knows? Maybe Austin Starr will make his return too. I don't, you don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But uh, was it was it this current regime that he did the the, the quitting midway through the pay per view thing? Or, well, or? see, okay. It, the thing about that is Scott Demore is part of every regime, so it really doesn't That's matter. That's true. Right. He See, is he, eternal. He is eternal. So I guess that doesn't. He is a constant. He's always back there with his dopey headset and <laughs> um, and, and being the, the, the member of the NWO that everyone misses on their sporkle quizzes. That's what Scott Demore's role. That's true. That is. was that and, was like the callous in Demore era, though, I believe. Right. 
when when Aries just no sold the finish and yes. walked out. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, that sounds right. I don't know. It may have been pre callous I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> also, who cares? Uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also get into uh, some recent stuff in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Obviously, recent big matches, uh, as well as wrestling Dontaku, uh, the show coming up this weekend. A few other good big matches coming up over the uh, over the course of uh, the next few days, uh, as well, including Taichi and, uh, and and Shingo in a uh, King of Pro Wrestling match. Uh, we're also going to touch on Stardom's show in Yokohama Arena, uh, All Star Grand Queendom. Uh, best of the Super Juniors. We have a full lineup for that now starting May 13th. We're running through the May 28th. So we'll touch on the A block and the B block. Uh, the Champion Carnival still going hot and heavy. So we'll check in on that. Uh, and then if we have time, we'll, we'll touch on the Dark Side of the Ring Season 4 lineup. But that seems like it's probably not going to make it because we got a lot of other stuff to talk about, including and we'll start off with this one. CM Punk, Joe is at it again. Uh, CM Punk and Chris Jericho. So this all started on Friday when CM Punk and Chris Jericho reportedly had a meeting uh, in Florida. This was Jericho supposedly acting as an intermediary for the rest of the AEW roster uh, as we draw closer to CM Punk's return to the company. Obviously, a lot had been reported that CM Punk and Chris Jericho had had, you know, had had, you know, some tension backstage and Jericho being kind of the guy who could maybe be the one to sort of talk to Punk and then go and relay that to the Bucks. Like little by little, it's it's trying to kind of soothe over things, cool things off a little bit. Jericho's the next step. And then obviously the Bucks and, and Omega are that final step if they even decide to do that, which they might not even have to with whatever the Saturday thing is we're going to talk about. Well, and we'll follow up with that too, because that obviously goes hand in hand the, the, the AW third show. So regardless, CM Punk and Chris Jericho have a meeting on Friday. I think it's been reported that everything went well with that meeting. So whatever. Okay, great. Whatever the next step uh, of that is, is on Wednesday did Jericho say, Hey, this guy's cool or whatever. Who knows? Uh, and it's gonna be hard to tell because things got a little monkey wrench. I should say got thrown in the plants here because then the report came out Monday that one CM Punk was backstage at Raw, which made no sense to everybody. Everybody's like, what in the world is going on? Little by little, we got the the the, the, the picture kind of laid out for us here. So Punk was at Raw. So apparently he got on a flight from Florida to Chicago on a flight with fellow wrestlers and then started visiting people backstage at the show in Chicago uh, per PWInsider.com. He saw Paul Levesque and spoke with him for a few minutes. He saw several other WWE wrestlers before he was asked to leave, reportedly by Vince McMahon, who was you know not in the building, but kind of running the show via Zoom, which is wild because I can't believe how could he possibly run the show with Paul Levesque in charge of creative? But apparently uh, Vince McMahon can both tell CM Punk to leave uh, and run the show and change things in the, you know, even though if he's not in the building, wild how that could happen. But Punk then decided not to not only that rich. And I don't <laughs> yeah. mean to cut. Yeah, no, no. I don't mean to cut you off, but but and I like and and like Kanye, I'm going to let you finish. But not only that rich, but uh, reportedly when Punk asked if he could stick around, Triple H said to him, "I don't know. I have to ask the big guy." Yeah, the big guy. So if, <laughs> so if there were so if there were any remaining doubts as to who's really running things in that company, which I don't even hear people pretend that Triple H is still running things anymore. Like that kind of disappeared pretty quickly. But if there are any more remaining doubts, uh, let them be dead and buried yes. uh, after after this story. But you may continue. Right. Triple H having to say, well, let me go ask Pops, you know, what he thinks of this situation. <laughs> yeah. And then Pops saying, yeah. no, that guy's got to go. And the Triple H saying, oh, you got to go, buddy. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. It's just incredible. Which is also a great politicking by Paul because he could, it's like not like he, you know, like, it, oh, oh, yeah. Well, no, it's this, not me no, that wants you to leave. It's, you know, it, it's, the setup is perfect. The, anybody who, I mean, yeah. this setup is perfect for Paul because he's got 
got the bad man. He had the bad man when it was Nikon, and now yeah. he's got the bad man when it's Vince. He can go, well, you know, I, I thought you were great, but, you know, Vince is, you know, ultimately it's up to him. It's his decision or whatever. Okay, Paul, thanks. You know, as he's firing these guys or whatever, people he rehired is firing. Yeah. Hey, listen, there's a non-zero chance he didn't ask Vince shit. And he just came back five minutes later and said, oh, yeah, Vince, Vince says you sure. have to go. Yeah, very possible. Because he, very because possible. he didn't want Punk there. No, he didn't want to talk so. to that guy. So, uh, okay. So that, that's where we're at right now. Punk then left the building without incident. And here we are. So we get things on Friday where Punk and Jericho get in a room, have a meeting, discuss things. It apparently goes well. Followed up by on Monday, CM Punk showing up backstage at a WWE show. Joe, what do you make of this situation? Okay, so here's what I have to say about this. I don't care that he had a meeting with Chris Jericho in Florida. I don't care how that meeting went. I don't care who he may have happened to have been on the plane with. There's some speculation he ran into some old WWE pals on the plane or this or that. That doesn't concern me either. Um, I, I don't care about any of that. All I know is CM Punk knows damn well what the optics of showing up at Monday Night Raw were going to be. That's all that matters to me, okay? I don't care about wrestlers from, you know, competing companies visiting each other at, at those shows. I, I don't care about that, and neither should anybody else, okay? That's something that happens in wrestling. It, it, it doesn't get reported a right, lot It probably happens time. a lot more than we all know it does. I mean, all, all, all the yeah. time people are backstage hanging out at places. Yeah, you go see some friends or whatever. No one really, no one should care about that. That's there's nothing salacious about it. However, in the but, case of CM Punk, yes, you know I'm sympathetic to the But right, in the case of CM Punk, with everything that's going on, and you know everything that's gone on over the last ten months or whatever it is, and with with him returning to AEW shortly. This is a situation where if you are CM Punk, you know damn well this is not a smart thing to do, and you know what the optics are going to be, okay? So in this case, it would have been much wiser not to go, and I'm sorry, CM Punk can't play that passive-aggressive game where he puts his hands up and says, oh, I can't visit friends, oh, like these, these dopes. These people, you know, the CM Punk people all said, oh, oh, what now? He can't go visit friends. You know damn well what the optics of this are. It's a different scenario and a different situation with him. And as to why he was there, because I know that he's well aware of the optics of why he was there. Of course. Of course. He's to, not. Dumb. He knows every, every we, we have talked about this every time we've talked about CM Punk on the show and especially over the last few years. He is very and always aware of every single move he makes and everything he says, this guy, and how it's going to come up and yes. how it's going to come across. Yes. And, and, and people keep trying to, you know, deconstruct and, 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 and why was he there? Well, it could be a multitude of reasons. Number one, he could have been visiting friends. I, I buy that. Uh, number two, it could have been a publicity stunt. I absolutely buy that too. Uh, number three, um, you know, he he absolutely could have been networking. And I think he was networking. OK, I think all of these things can be true at the same time. Everyone keeps trying to break it down into one thing. Oh, it was a publicity stunt or, oh, he was networking or, oh, he's sending a message to Tony Khan or, oh, he was just there visiting friends. I think it's all those things. 
I think it's every one of those things. And I also think that he knows damn well what the optics of that were going to be. And I think he gets off on it. I think he enjoys that, that, that sort of thing. And um, we know he loves being a martyr. And we know he loves uh, stirring the pot. And I just don't think it's very wise to do any of that right now, unless it was a calculated move uh, to, to, to pull a little publicity stunt here. But going around, shaking hands with The Miz, who he's had a public feud with, and shaking hands with Paul Levesque, who he's had a public feud with, uh, could that be CM Punk, you know, doing a little PR politicking, knowing those stories will get out so that he could say, see, huh? I'm a man who makes amends. I don't know about, you know, you, these other people in the locker room. I don't know. But I'm a man who buries hatchets. Ding, ding, ding. I yeah. shook Paul Levesque's hand. I shook the Miz's the, hand. The fact that it came it's out that those, those were the things. two people that, oh, he talked to the Miz and he talked to Paul Levesque, two guys that he's never saw an eye to eye with. Yeah, way too calculated that those were the two people. I'm sure there were several other people that he talked to. We don't know the other people. You know what I mean? We, we, we know, like, I forget. There was one picture of him back, you know, in a parking lot. I forget who, Tamina or I forget who even it was, but the ones we all heard about was was Paul Levesque and, and, and the Miz. And why, why do you think it was those two people that we heard about more, most publicly? I mean, those are two of the people that he's he's most predominantly had, you know, public beefs with before. So, yeah, it's all calculated, man. Anybody who thinks it's whoa, I'm backstage. Hey, the Miz. How are you, bud? Hey, Mike Mizan. And how are you? You know, of course. Come on. It's all calculated. It's all there's 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 there's. there's there's a rhyme to every, every everything that he does has a purpose and has a reason. Is it always the right purpose? Is it always the right? No, of course not. But he's always thinking, how can I do this? And how is this going to make me be perceived? And and what is what are people going to say about this? And and, and how are other people are going to talk about that? He's always, always, always thinking about that every day, every second of his life. He's worried about that. Yeah. And, and, and again, he's well aware what the optics would be. And it's clear he doesn't care. Um. And, you know, I've seen these things floated around that perhaps going to anger management or something may have been part of the deal to return to AEW and all that. And that's just all pure speculation. But even if that's true, again, I don't care. I don't understand why that matters in this scenario. Um, the fact is, this, unfortunately for CM Punk, he's not someone who's in a position to just be a boilerplate situation of someone visiting their friends. No, he's different. And it's going to come across different. Right. And he's not allowed he's to do the one doing what, it. Me? Whoa, no. I was That's just right. in Chicago and, on a flight. And, he, can't, he can't do that. And that may not be fair, but, you know, that's tough shit. Life well, isn't fair. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Don't be CM Punk yeah. then. I mean, there's right. one way to avoid that. Don't be CM Punk. I mean, Seth Rollins, uh, you know, I, I I know for a fact he, he goes to other shows all the time. He's, he's seeing, you know, Bailey is always constantly at, at, at different shows and with the, nobody cares. You know what I mean? Sometimes it comes out that, oh, Bailey was back, you know, watching, you know, Mercedes at Wrestle Kingdom or whatever. But I know she goes to a bunch of shows. Guys go to tons of shows and see other people and and, and go to WrestleManias and, and do all that. But it, again, when you're not CM Punk, it doesn't really matter that much because people know that there's just like that. You could legitimately just be visiting friends, but everybody, I mean, everybody should know the score now in 2023 with CM Punk and know that there was some calculation and, and the timing of everything that this guy does all has purpose and all has reason. I mean, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes brought Ricky Starks to the Royal Rumble, you know, and if, if, if they didn't, if WWE didn't, didn't put him on, on on the screen most people probably would have never even known i mean this stuff happens probably more frequently than uh than 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 any of us know now if you want to get into conspiracy theories did they show ricky starks on camera on purpose 
I mean, you know, right. I you can't write it off. I mean, I don't think certainly you did, not. But, certainly not. But yeah, um, you never but know. You absolutely, cannot write it off. You know, uh, you know, and and Starks didn't get into any hot water or anything. But um, and that situation was all well and good. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's just to demonstrate, like you know, you gave some examples. It it happens, you know. And but Punk has to know that he's different, and this situation is different, and he can't do that without the optics of it becoming a big story. And he can't say, you know, and then the, 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 the punk camp and the punk supporters and punk himself. Punk's camp. Can't, yeah. I love punk's camp. Yeah. <laughs> if when he comes back, they don't make a stable that's him and fucking tags called call punk's punk camp. camp. Yeah. 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 You know, but, but they can't, they, they, you can't sit there and, and, and say, oh, this guy can't visit friends. No, he can't. No, not with that. This this absolutely is is a is a major story that has to be discussed if it's him visiting that show. Right. And also, it's, it's, it's also CM Punk who, who who pissed his pants very publicly. And, and, and the whole thing started with Colt Cabana all those years ago for visiting friends, <laughs> going to get yeah. pizza with guys in WWE while they were doing a lawsuit. That's what this whole thing. Is. So it's also like, well, fuck, it's you who is still pissing his pants about CM Punk visiting or, or Colt Cabana visiting friends all those many years ago. So it's like, well, yeah, it's also this guy who cares very deeply about, you know, who you visit and, and, and how it reflects on you and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's, it's twofold. It's CM Punk and he's very calculated about everything he does. And it's also CM Punk who, who is got publicly mad and outraged at, at Colt Cabana doing the exact same thing. So it's like, you know, I don't know, man. <laughs> and, and whether, and, and, and whether he feels like he was networking or not, he knows damn well, that's how people are going to take it. Sure. And the perception then becomes the reality at that point. And that's another reason why the rules are different for this one person in terms of quote unquote, visiting friends. You have to know better. And that's why it became a big story. And well, that's it, why also it as well, like he, he, he had many times, he had many, many opportunities to visit friends over the last six months that he did it the same week that it's announced that a, a new show is coming from AEW on Saturdays. They've booked the United Center. It's going to be CM Punk's show. They want him to be the focal point of the show. Yada, yada, all, all that sort of stuff. Like he's had six months and seven months, eight months, nine months to visit friends. He chose this week to visit friends. I don't know. Yeah. The show's in Chicago. So you could say whatever, but planes exist. He could have gone and visited friends in any place. It's not like the guy lives in Chicago hundred percent of the time either. He, he, he spends a lot of time in LA yeah. as well. He, he was just yeah. in Florida. It's like, so, so I know that again, and it was all calculated. Hey, it's in Chicago. It, it all worked out perfectly for him. I'm sure knowing how this guy thinks and <laughs> knowing, you know, how he's you know approached parts of his life. Like it's not that hard to see him realizing, wait a minute. Oh, perfect. They just announced this. The observer just talks about this new show on Saturdays. Everybody knows that it's for me. They booked the United center. They got it ready to go. Raw's in Chicago this week. Perfect. You know, for whatever, whatever the re, whatever the outcome is going to be, no matter what, if you want to get people talking about you, whether positively, negatively, you want to get leverage, you want to whatever. This is the week to do it. And he knew it and he pounced on it. So, again, he's always thinking and there's always credit to him. He's he's always he's playing 40 chess a lot of times and he's very successful, successful at doing it. But, yeah, to think that he just oh what I'm just popping in to see friends like, come on, come on. We know it's not the case. Yeah, and then and then people claiming that it shouldn't have even have been a story. I mean, are you out of your mind? <laughs> what? Are you out of your mind? Of course it's a story. You know, and, and you mentioned the observer, and it you know, it's funny because um Dave and Brian, who have absolutely been treated so poorly by everybody on Punk's side here, and I'll and I'll get to that in a second. And good for Dave for finally sticking up for himself and and just calling out Punk 
for being a source way back at the beginning of this thing. Good for Dave. You know what? Um, you know, Punk and his camp, Dax and that dopey, destructive podcast of his, those guys have been taking advantage of Dave Meltzer. R.I.P., by the from, way. R.I.P., unfortunately. That, uh, good riddance. Yeah, thank you know, God. And, and, they, <laughs> and those guys have been taking advantage of Dave Meltzer for months and months and months. It's about time Dave defended himself. It really is. I mean, and, and anyone who's been paying attention knows that months and months ago, uh, Dave very publicly said, Hey, look, I don't talk to the, I haven't talked to the Bucks about any of this stuff. They're tight lipped. They haven't talked to me. AEW's not talking to me. I've been hearing from the punk camp. That's who I've been talking to. He said that months and months ago. So it should have been no secret to people. But yet, Dax Harwood, with his constant lobbying and his constant propaganda that he was putting out on his podcast, you know, framing Dave Meltzer as this guy who uh, is is in you know in the pockets of of the young bucks and uh, and doing their bidding, despite the fact that Dave has publicly said that he hasn't spoken to the young bucks, okay, about about any of this. And the bucks and I know that the bucks haven't talking haven't spoken to other reporters because I've talked to those reporters. The bucks aren't talking to anybody, and Punk isn't talking to other reporters. But Punk did talk to Dave. And after hinting about it for months and months, he finally just came out with it in a tweet and then you know, deleted it and reworded it another way. But good for him, because if CM Punk is going to come out publicly and call Dave Meltzer a liar and call Dave Meltzer a fraud. And if Dax Harwood is going to constantly go on his podcast and say that Dave is doing the work of the elite and uh, and, and, and Dave uh, is anti-punk and Dave is all that. Well, then Dave has a right to eventually defend himself. Right. Of course. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, I saw people saying, like, that's not good journalist integrity. You're not supposed to, you know, out your sources. Well, tough shit. Yeah, tough shit. I mean, and, and, and Dave has done that with Eric Bischoff a lot, too, where Eric Bischoff will be, you know, be presented with a question and go, oh, that guy doesn't know shit. I've never talked to him. And he'll be like, no, we, I, I talked to Eric Bischoff in a week weekly basis from 1996 to 1999 like every single week him and i had a phone conversation and we talked a ton so it's like you know you can only go so far until you're you're, you're just being you know blatantly lied about to say okay well no you here you here you go I, yeah. I i'm allowed to now defend myself and say no you're you're once, you're lying listen, yeah once your sources constantly lie <laughs> right about the fact that they were talking to you and they constantly slander you in public all that other stuff goes out the window. Right. Journalist okay. integrity can 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 get get put away for a moment to say, look, this guy's lying You're about it. He talked to yeah, me. Right. Yes. Yeah, because because now you're slandering him and you know damn well that you're talking to him, you know, and and that's the way, you know, so tough. That's the way that goes. But the problem is Dax Harwood won. What he seeks to accomplish, he was successful. Because you have this whole cadre of people now who are convinced. You see it all the time. Oh, Dave's too close to the story. He shouldn't report the story. People got mad at Dave and Brian Alvarez for talking about Punk being at Raw, claiming, oh, he's too close to the story. And it's 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 not news because Punk is just there visiting friends. And these guys are so mad. And I, how can they not talk about it? It's the biggest story in wrestling that Punk showed up at Raw. And the funny thing about that was Brian and Dave didn't even speculate or give any of their own opinions with that punk being at raw thing. And people still got on their case. Why? Because of Dax Harwood and all the propaganda he's been putting out there for months and months and months, which is why people say Dave's too close to the story. He's too close to the bucks. And the funny thing is he don't talk to the bucks. He talks to punk. <laughs> right. He's been talking to that side. And <laughs> yeah. Dax knows that. Yeah. And, and, and Dax the, the, knows the sweet that. And question. that's why I've been saying for months and months and months that Dax is completely full of shit. Yes. Because Dax is well aware that Punk was the one talking to Dave, not the Bucks. But he feeds that propaganda with that completely destructive podcast of his. 
And then he's got his barnacle doing his dirty work, too, and constantly putting stuff out there that's anti-Dave with that coon, okay, that barnacle, that hanger-on, uh, who, who I don't know why that guy needs to have an opinion anyway, okay? So it's all just a big mess, and then Harwood has to give up his podcast, and he hides behind his mental health, okay? It's, it's, he can give up that podcast because it was fucking destructive. That's why he gave it up. But he got the job done. He got the job done. Because there's an entire slew of fans now who are convinced that Dave has been talking to the elite this whole time, when in reality, the only people he talked to about any of this were Punk and his yep. people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Dax, we, Dax won. Yep. Congratulations. The, the camp won. The camp won. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's infuriating is what it is. And then Dax gets mad at Brian Alvarez because Brian Alvarez sniffs out his silly little work. And then, and then, you know, Dax is the first one to get out there and complain that he gets abused on social media and can't take it anymore. Meanwhile, he goes on Twitter and says he's going to name his dog's shit after Brian Alvarez. <laughs> right. You want to talk, you want to talk about a total hypocrite. The guy is a total hypocrite. Okay. Total hypocrisy. Doesn't practice what he preaches. Okay, and people shouldn't say terrible things to, about him, and they shouldn't say terrible things about his daughter. But that's the price of being famous and being on social media. Yeah, it sucks. Okay? Trust me, I've had a lot of horrible things said about me on social media. That's why I'm not fucking on it anymore, basically at all. I've had a death threat sent to my house, and I'm nobody. Yeah, and I'm nobody over this show to my home, my mailbox. That's the price, man. And there's one solution to that. Well, there's two solutions, and he took one of them. Get rid of your destructive. Dark cloud of a podcast. <laughs> we are not okay? going to get rid that. of our destructive dark cloud podcast, by okay? the way. Never. That's not happening. And, and the second solution, if you don't want to get a delete the app. Yeah, log off. Delete the app. But he will never. He can't log off. Can't. He's incapable. No, no man needs to log off more than Dax needs to log off, and he just can't do it, and he won't do it. Just log off. Okay? No one deserves any of that treatment. We all agree. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you can't. But you can't say Brian Alvarez should. <laughs> you can't dish it and then not say, "Oh my God!" Yeah. yeah. And you can't direct all of that hate and vitriol towards those two guys, no matter what you think of them or what you think they've done to you, and then turn around and complain about it the other way. You can't do that. You can't do that. It's hypocritical. It's hypocritical. But perhaps he's learned. I, I don't know. The podcast is dead, so we can just go back. To critiquing his wrestling matches. And the guy's a hell of a wrestler. I'd rather just talk about his wrestling matches. Yeah. Oh, yeah. One day. Okay. <laughs> One day we will. Well, hopefully, hopefully starting now, we, 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 we can. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's that whole mess. And um, good on Dave for defending himself. Do Dax next, Dave. Do us all a favor and do him next. So as far as like speculating on, on the punk thing of what he was doing, like you said, I think it, it who knows who could possibly get in the head of, of, of punk enough to know what his 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 ultimate plan was for this. Like you said, it was probably a little bit of all three realizing, oh, okay, this is a good opportunity to, to meet, you know, maybe I, maybe he is legitimately earnestly hanging out with people backstage. I think you'd be lying to if you didn't think that it was very, very calculated that the Miz and, and Paul Levesque were 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 people that that he either sought out or publicly has been reported that he sought out or, or talked to or whatever. I mean, come on. That's, that's clearly whether that's like, Hey, I'm making amends or whatever. Look at me. I'm, you know, I'm trying to apologize. Those other guys aren't like, I don't know. It could be that. And like you said, 
or, or like we kind of alluded to a, a, a bit, and we're going to talk about a sec with this AEW third show. He's never had more leverage in in AEW, or he's he, this is like his peak leverage in AEW, where he, they're being told reports are coming out and, and 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 news is being reported that that Turner is going to give AEW a bunch of money to do a show on Saturdays because they want CM Punk on their television. They want a show with CM Punk on their television, and that's why this thing is happening on, on Saturdays, Collision, if, if that's what the name is going to be, on Saturdays on TNT. They want that show, and they want Punk to be a part of it. So knowing that, his leverage is huge to say, hey, look, Turner wants me here. So like, that's a great time to talk to Paul Levesque and say, hey, look, I've, I'm never I'm still as valuable as ever. I'm more valuable than I've ever been. Look what's going on. They're getting to get a whole new show because of me. They're going to be on Saturdays because they're going to be on TNT on Saturdays and get money because of me. So it's a great opportunity to go and to network and to talk to Dota B and say, hey, look, when my contract's up, guys, look at look at how valuable I am. Look at what I've done for the AEW. Look at what they're still getting from me despite all this other stuff. So, yeah, that that's a part of it, too. Like you said, it's probably all three. It's probably all and three because he's very and calculated. Even and even if that's not as intense, he has to understand that the optics, right? Uh, what the optics look like in that. That's well, this being the intent. week that he goes, he's been, he's been, he's, yes. he could have gone and visited WWE for any time in the last nine years. And he didn't, he chose this weekend when the report comes out that the show is going to happen on Saturdays and the Turner wants CM Punk and they want him to be there. They, they have run in Chicago. WWE has run Raws and Smackdowns in Chicago several times over the last nine years. He chose this week to be the week that he showed up. Just ask questions. You know what I mean? Just just think about why this week was the week that he talked and why immediately after meeting with Chris Jericho, this was also the week that he did. Again, it's all you can't say, wow, geez, unbelievable. What timing? There he is in Chicago visiting friends. Why is this even a story? Like, come on, don't be dumb. Yeah, and look, um, I've been very fair about all of this for months and months. I've I've taken the punk side on some of these you know, uh, issues and some of these stories that have come up, but, uh, you know, that, that's a bad look showing up at raw. You can't do that. And you, you can't do that. And, uh, that's all there is to it. He has to know how that's going to come across and how that's going to look. And at the end of the day, um, did it really do any damage? Probably not, but it could have, you know, and, 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 and that's the thing, just like, you know, responding on Instagram, to Dave Meltzer's message board post a few weeks ago uh, could have done severe damage to both his return and AEW getting another show and, and, and all of those things. And, and it didn't, um, you know, but it's like, why are you, you know, like rich with his, uh, with his near, uh, near death auto uh, crashes earlier this week? Why are you tempting death? Why are you, why are you doing these things that could set everything back? You just get back from what was, reported as a productive meeting with Chris Jericho and, and, and the people at AEW. And, and then you're going to pull a move like that. Well, he's Phil Brooks. Just, he just has to light everything on fucking fire all the time. Followed by a black cloud. The man is followed by a black cloud. It, it, that's all there is to it. And I, and look, and I've defended him to certain aspects of this. I really have. I've had the elite fans mad at me a lot of the time over all this punk stuff. I've had people claim that I'm a punk defender and it's not, I'm not a defender of anybody and I'm not on anyone's side. I just call it like I see it. Okay. And I just take all of these stories and I, and I tell you what I think. And in this case, you know, that was very bad judgment out of CM Punk to show up at raw. And it's really starting to become an IQ test and you can really kind of separate 
the dopes that you really don't need to pay any attention to and normal people by how they speak about CM Punk and, and when, when it comes to all this stuff. You know, the people who claim that Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez are too close to the story and the people who claim that, that you know, Dave's in the elite's pockets and the people who claim... You know that uh, that CM Punk is a you know it, it's all Hangman Page's fault for for the workers' rights promo and Punk you know and none of this would have happened if it was it's an IQ test you can kind of just separate those people out they're on they're in another fucking universe okay the whole Punk can do no wrong crowd it's fucking CM Punk okay the guy can do a lot of wrong and he has done a lot of wrong. And it doesn't mean he's 100% responsible for all of this. Of course not. Because he's not. Things are not black and, anybody, and white. Making anything black no, and white not. is it's a terrible way to go through life. That's a dumb, stupid way. To, good, bad, black, white. This guy, I like this. This camp, this. I mean, just don't do that. It's a terrible way to go through life. It's it's not. And it's just not good. Like, you're, it's, you're just never. Don't do that. Just, you know, see, call it like you see it. Look at all the information and do not. I mean, God, the stand culture and that sort of stuff. It has been terrible with this elite CM Punk stuff. And it's like, yeah, no matter what, well, there'll be one week where we're, we're, you know, elite, you know, supporters and fans and then we're punk defenders and fans like no we're just like calling the story like we see it man you know like i'm not in any camp i don't care i don't know any of these people personally these people are going to come to my house you know i think matt jackson wished me a a happy wedding when i got married so i guess i'm on his side but you know see a punk's from chicago that's cool too you know who cares it's whatever you know it's it's whatever It, it but yeah putting yourself into a camp and just sticking your feet in the mud and being like no what this guy does is good and what that guy does is bad it's just come on Listen, nobody, nobody wants punk back more than us. Number one, I think the show and the promotion is Fuck better yes. with him around. Come on. And I've said that a million times. And number two, our business is better when he's around. This site exists because of that motherfucker. So, yeah, I want him back. Jesus, but I want you him gotta, back. But you got to be fair about these things. You got to be fair about these things. And I've given the other side of this a million times on different shows and things that people told me from inside the company and everything else. You know, regarding the elite and and some of that, but but th- this particular story, come on, man, he's got to know the optics of, of of this little move that he pulled here. He has to know. I, I know that he's smart enough to understand how that was going to come across. Now that was going to look. I think it was all of the above the reasons that he was there. So that's my take on that. Yeah. So um, we'll and see. as far as the the show coming up, I mean, you know, I think it's good for AW days coming back. He's obviously going to pop numbers. There's no question about it. Um, you know, CM Punk basically holds every meaningful business record in the company. I mean, you know, just about every single one of them right down the line, whether it's, uh, you know, in regards to television uh, ratings, whether it's regards to, to, to merchandise sales, whether it's in regards to attendance and gates. I mean, he holds virtually every meaningful business record in the company. And um, he's going to come back and he's going to pop numbers again. Now, for how long? You know, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I, is he going to self-destruct again? I think the odds are good. I think everyone I would probably take some action on will, will, will Phil Brooks self-destruct again at some point. Yes, I would probably take the odds on yes. But, you know, you, you got to get as much business out of him as you can before he self-destructs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, every, it's, every step of the way, I have been in favor of bring him back and take advantage of him as long as you can and cross your fingers that he doesn't self-destruct or it takes uh, enough time for, you know, but it's going to happen. Oh, but yeah, I've been in favor of, of bringing him back. 
I mean, uh, of course I'm in favor. He was when, when he debuted, the show that we did when he debuted, we said, okay, start the clock. When is he going to self-destruct? It was like, go back and listen to that show. It's you and I being like, man, what a moment. When do you think it's all going to unravel? Because it's all going to unravel at some point. And it lasted a lot longer. And I think we did a show like two months later where I was like, you know, Joe, maybe it's not going to unravel. Maybe this guy is a changed man. And then, of course, little by little, you know, he became, you know, a, as we know, he will always become. But like, yeah, you every you have to qualify every CM Punk conversation with when is this all going to blow up and everyone's going to be mad at him again or he's going to be mad at everybody again because it's just it's going to happen. But the problem is he draws so much fucking money in between that it's like, God damn it, we got to bring him in. And I, I know that like, you know, there's been especially on our discord, there's been this like weird contingency of people being like, well, actually, CM Punk wasn't that big for business. And it's like, stop. Come on. Ah, uh, Cut it out. Come on. Stop the guy's going to sell a million it's- T-shirts. He's going to sell out the United Center again. He's going to sell a bunch of pay-per-views like, come on, call call spade a spade even if you don't like the guy i don't you know you don't have to love the guy you don't have to invite him to your wedding but like yeah call a spade a spade man the guy is a business that's where the other other side goes too far you know and it's like if if you want a little balance here on this particular flagship it's like you know the elite side now trying to spin it to where punk isn't the business mover (laughs) right well actually if you look the last two months of his you know run the ratings oh come on (laughs) like the guy if you if you can bring cm punk to your wrestling company you do it but you start yeah. the clock. You you hit the you go, okay, you know, zero days since the last Phil Brooks meltdown. And then it goes ding tink, ding tink, ding tink, and it goes. And you look at the clock, you go, man, we, we're we're doing pretty good. It's been two months, or it's gonna happen at some point, and it will happen at some point again. But yeah, it's just about mitigating the disaster when when that does happen, I think is 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 largely what is. And that's kind of the unfortunately the 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 catch twenty two with, with with CM Punk is that yeah, it, he's gonna self-destruct and it's gonna be whatever. And that's why this Saturday show might be a very good option to say, hey, look, we're going to kind of sequester him on this show. Maybe over time, things kind of cool off a little bit. Maybe they don't, whatever. But like, you got to take, and especially if Turner's saying, which you know, all reports are that they're saying, hey, here's a, a, you know, a bucket of money, but we want that guy. So if you want this bucket of money, we need that it. guy. You know, you fucking do it. You got to do it. Yeah. And, you know, and they see the numbers. That tells you all you need to know as far as punk as television draw. Um, you know, they're not asking for the farmer, you know, no offense, <laughs> right? They're not asking for the farmer, um, you know, so it's like, it, and I think that there's two things here. Number one, I think Jericho, if that is the first program is perfect on a number of different levels. First of all, Chris Jericho is not going to take any of CM Punk shit. That's number one. He will not be bullied by anyone, let alone CM Punk. If CM Punk tries to go into business for himself, if CM Punk tries to double cross with a promo, Jericho's the kind of guy who will get, you know, he'll give it right back to you. And the other thing, and I know this might sound immature or childish, but Jericho can probably kick Punk's ass. And I think that matters here. You know what I mean? So I think it's, you put a locker room leader in there with Punk who's not going to take his shit, who Punk knows isn't going to take his shit, who Punk knows could eat him for lunch if it ever got physical, right? And that's a good test for Punk. To see if he's really back to play ball. Or if he's coming back to be punk. I think Jericho is perfect for that. On top of the fact that it's two huge stars. And it could be a money drawing uh, drawing program on top of that. But, you know, Jericho, I think, is perfect. He's He's a veteran leader in the locker room. Despite all of the nonsense that people say about Jericho. Which I don't buy into either. Okay? And he's someone who... It's a it's a great test for punk. 
you know, because if Punk challenges that guy, if he can't play nice, right? If you can't, if you can't guy, play ball with Chris Jericho, then it's done. We're we're out. Because then, then that's like you're. Then what 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 are you going to do when you're in there with younger guys who are intimidated by you that you know you could eat alive? Right. When you're if in you're there with Jungle Boy, what the hell are you going to do? Yeah. If, if you're yeah, eating so Jericho then, alive and being an asshole about it, it's like to, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's like all right, fuck off, then man, because it, it's not going to work when he puts you in there with 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 you know with Darby. It's not going to work when he puts you in there with Jungle Boy or whatever. It's over. You know. Yeah. It, it's. Yeah, I agree. He's the the ultimate litmus test is is Jericho for sure. Yeah, Jericho is is Jericho's not going to take a shit, and and Jericho's close with Khan, and and you know, and and he's one of Khan's right hand men, and and you know, Punk knows that, and it's perfect. It couldn't be more perfect, you know. So if that's why Jericho was in on the meeting, uh, you know, I, I'm all. I think that's a perfect program out of the gate. The other thing is, as far as a roster split goes, I'm not in favor of a true roster split. Now, if it's if if it's a quote unquote roster split, simply because we're going to sequester Punk and we're going to sequester the elite and we're going to keep those forces away from each other and we're going to pepper in other people who just don't want to be in the presence of one side or the other, that I understand and I get and that's fine. But if it's you know a, a WWE style roster split where half the guys are on Saturday, half the guys are on Wednesday, I don't think that's a good idea, and I don't think it's a good idea for business. And I also don't think it's a good idea because it's going to split the fan base in in a bad way, not mm-hmm. a good I way. I agree. I agree. You, you already see a split in the fan base with these elite psychopaths and these punk psychopaths who have no interest in meeting in the middle, who have no interest in being fair to the scenario or to one another. Now, if you have an elite show and a punk show, oh, that's going to just – it, that's going to be a disaster from that standpoint. They're going to be comparing ratings against you. They're going to be throwing, you know, it's going to be a mess. It's going to split your own fan base. So it's not a good idea. Yeah, the psychopaths on both ends are, I'm not going to watch the Wednesday show because that's the elite show. I'm not watching the Saturday show. That's the old Phil show. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I can already hear it and I already hate it and I already don't want it. It's a terrible idea from that standpoint because it is going to split a segment of their of their fan base. It is. There's it no already has. It. It, it, it's not, it, it's not, it will, it, it has already. And they, yeah. they haven't even started the show yet. And you're just making it worse by, you know, it's by giving one show to this guy and giving one show to those guys. But I understand that maybe, you know, they can't be in the same place. Well, they're going to have to be on pay-per-view. They're going to be on pay-per-view. Gonna be I was going to bring that up. What, what happens come pay-per-view? Because all this shit happened at a pay-per-view. So it's like, it's not like you do a pay-per-view and you do your match and then you leave. Like all this shit happened on a pay-per-view. So it's like, all right, <laughs> you know, like what, what now? I mean, the, if these guys are going to be important guys, you got to get, these guys got to get in a room and talk and, and, and hash this out. And, and, I don't know if like you do the litmus test with Jericho and you and, and Jericho says, all right, the guy's good. He's fine. And tells the elite he's like, I think that's what this meeting was supposed to be. Was Jericho telling, hey, yeah, he's fine. But they, he may have undone all that stuff on Monday. by <laughs> going to Ross. So I don't know. But whatever it's going to be like, yeah, it, it, the ultimate goal is you got to get everybody to be on the same page. And, and, and this this to just be a collective unit again. I mean, you just you cannot do this thing where this guy is on this show and his friends are on this show and everybody that doesn't like this guy is on these shows. And it's just that that's a terrible way to run a company. Terrible. Yeah. And I mean, whoever is in the way of that needs to be dealt with. But you have this persistent problem of. Warner Bros. Discovery wants punk. Right. Here's a bag of money. We want that guy, though, to get this bag of money. So it's like, fuck. Yeah. And that's the kind of. Yeah. And that's kind of the 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 whole, (laughs) you know, whatever, uh, you know, phrase or or cliche you want to use. That's the fly in the ointment here. Yeah. The crux of the situation, whatever. Yeah. The fly in the ointment. Yeah. Where you can't just, you know, deal with the people who won't 
finally put all this stuff to bed because one of them is, you know, the reason that the network might be, you know, handing you another truckload of money for adding more programming because Khan's not doing it for free. I mean, you know, they're getting something out of this. So, yeah, and, 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 you know, as we all know, in modern wrestling, you have to keep your television partners happy or you don't have a promotion. Right. I've seen some people say, like, well, Tony could just tell them no. And it's like, no, he can't. <laughs> He's still in negotiations for a new TV deal. And when your television partner says, hey, here's a truck of money for a show, you can't say, no, we don't want that show. Sorry, we don't want your money. and We don't want that show because they're saying, motherfucker, we're giving you money. and We're giving you a time slot. Like, why do you, you know, you don't want it. Well, then, you know. You just can't. You literally cannot say no. You know what I mean? If you're if you're Tony Khan, you are in no position to tell Turner, no, we're good. We don't want your money, yeah. and we don't want your television slot. And look, I told you from from day one of this mess. If if you gave Tony Khan truth serum, he he wanted CM Punk back from day one, and he was going to wait this out. And the injury was like a silver lining to a very dark cloud, because that allowed Punk to go away because he couldn't come back anyway. He was hurt. But Khan all along, if he could figure out a way to get Punk back, he was going to get Punk back. And I think that the network did him a huge favor by being the ones to say, hey, look, we want him on this show. Now, Meltzer did report that negotiations and the ball did start rolling for this before, you know, Punk was involved in the discussion, to be fair. But I think that's a nice little... um, it's kind of like Tony's get out of jail free card where he can say, Hey, look, the network wants him, you know? And, you know, but I feel like Khan wanted to let, he, he, he was hoping that this would all die down and everybody could get in a room and work it out in the interim while punk was hurt because you know, he wanted punk back. Um, well, he's a businessman. So know, of course he does. He runs a wrestling company. So of course he does. Yeah. And, and you know, um, there's still some other questions. I mean, does does Punk have a piece of the company? Is Punk does Punk have an ownership stake? These are questions that haven't been answered because nobody's asked yet. And um, you know, I'll be on the next call waiting in the queue, <laughs> Rich. I, oh, well, Joe, you know, I'm curious what why he chose to run a show in Calgary, and when is he coming back to the Metroplex area? I mean, th- those are stories you need to know. You just got to know those. You know. Well, you know, if if, if Punk either has an ownership stake or points in the company or something like that, as as has been speculated, it really helps answer a lot of these questions and give a lot of clarity to a lot of this situation. So, I mean, somebody should ask Tony that question and see how he answers it. You know, he might laugh it off and say, no, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. And that answers the question. Then we're good. Then we know. Okay, Okay. great. You know, um, or, you know, maybe he does, you know, and it, it and it, it wouldn't be outlandish to think that he might as part of his initial negotiation to come back to wrestling uh, to ask for, you know, a few points, a little taste. You know, is that really ridiculous? Of course, you know, not. And, no, um, you know, or, or, or that outlandish. And the key thing to me is the line during his rant at the presser where he said something to the effect of, I'm trying to run a business here. Yep. Why else would he say that? You know, that line. We said at the time. We said we, we at the time we said, well, that's a very curious line there. The weird line. Why would he say that? Right. 
And again, Unless, CM Punk doesn't say lines without knowing what he's saying. You know, he's not a guy who just says stuff to say stuff. We we will go back to his his debut. I know David Bixenspan has always been on this. Where he, I think he was the one that asked him is you know, hey, how's the you know how's the relationship with with Cole Cabana or the people that you've had previous run ins with? And I forget exactly. I'm paraphrasing here, but CM Punk says I have no problem with anybody that was backstage today or whatever right. or tonight or whatever. Very carefully worded. Yeah, that. and it was like, ooh, okay, that's a weird. You know, I don't have no. I'm good. I have no problems with anybody. He could have said that. He said I have no problems with anybody that was back there tonight. Yeah, like, ah, it, you know, well, it, who wasn't back there? And it could mean nothing. It could. Said, it could. But this is not a guy. A, I'm trying off, to run a business here. Very rarely does it mean nothing with CM Punk. Very, very or rarely. He could not have even have been thinking about it. He could have just impulsively during his unhinged rant. He could have just impulsively said that because to him, it, it is his part. You know, he, he is trying to run a business here. And, you know, and he also said, he didn't say I work for children. He said, I work with children. Wouldn't they be his bosses if they're EVPs and he's not? I mean, and again, these are just, I'm not trying to put a tinfoil hat on here, but this guy's on an unhinged rant and he's just speaking off the cuff and he's ranting. Well, it, it and, helps explain why people are like, just get rid of this guy. Why would you even have this guy right, around anymore? And it's like, well, maybe you can't just maybe get rid of the guy. Get rid yeah. of him. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So I think it's a question. And then. After the presser, there absolutely was a rumor going around that Punk had a stake in the company. A rumor. I don't know whether he does or not, because I haven't had the opportunity to ask the question yet. And believe me, I would. It's my first question every time when we're on those press calls. I don't get called on. Luck of the draw. <laughs> Gosh darn but, it. I mean, it's, you know. Woodcock. I don't know. <laughs> we're on to your game, Woodcock. <laughs> well, I mean. Jim Woodcock. We're on to you. I will say nothing more, but it's it would sure clear a lot of things up if we knew the answer either way. And I, I do think it's a fair question. Right. And, 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 and people can might and now say, I just get, and now I just guarantee that I'm never getting called on. <laughs> you're not so, gonna, yeah, that, you're not getting called on at all. And and if for the people that might say, well, he's just not going to answer that again, like you said, that's an answer. If he goes, no, that's ridiculous. No, no, no. That's not the case at right. all. Then that's an answer. If he goes. I can't talk about that or I'm not at, at liberty to talk about that or I legally can't talk about that. That's an answer, and too. An answer. It's like, well, that's hold on a minute. Yeah. If it was no, he could just say no. If it wasn't no, I can't give an answer. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that non-answers are answers. We talked about that with the Paul Levesque thing. Non-answers are answers. You can say you can ask him about the Vince McMahon thing. You can ask him about his his wife and why she left the company. And if he kind of grubbles under his mouth, oh, you know, I can't really. Answer. That's an answer. Non-answers are answers. So. Yeah, it, it's it's ask. You got to ask those questions. But instead, we're, we're going to find out, hey, Tony, when are you returning to the Metroplex? When are you returning to the Dallas area? You know, like that's what we're going to yeah, get instead. Look, it's like, all right, cool, all right. Yeah. And, and Punk saying that, OK, it's like he could have pay-per-view points. That could be what he was sure. referring to. Right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, I don't know. And I'd like to know because it would make a lot of these scenarios more crystal clear if if we knew definitively what the, what the situation was with that, because. You know, maybe it is a situation where it, you either can't get rid of them or it's really hard to get rid of them. But my gut tells me Tony never wanted to get rid of them. Didn't want to get rid of them. And he was hoping that he could make peace with everyone. And, you know, the other interesting aspect, of course, is that we have some contracts coming up. Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, you know, people intimately involved in this situation who uh, whose contracts are coming due up in the coming months. And then we wait to see how uh, all of that plays out. So, um, 
it's interesting times. It is. Yeah. AEW. I love it. I love but, this shit, man. This shit is awesome. I love it too. It's so good. I know people are like, oh it's, my God, if they, if they lose this guy, the company's dead. If they No, it's no, they're probably fine, but it's fun. Like just enjoy the ride, man. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't live and die by any of this shit. Don't live and die by any individual. And don't live and die by any single company. Just go along for the ride. We'll, we'll take you on the ride. If you don't want to be on the ride, we'll, we'll take you along. And it's fun. Just enjoy it. It's a better and more interesting company when punks around even if it's more dysfunctional <laughs> for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Look, he's going to cut great promos and he's going to be involved in great programs. And he's probably going to have really good matches. Cause that's what he did last time. If he can stay healthy. And I think, I, I, th- I think that's also a question that we are going to have to try to ask a little bit is this guy has gotten majorly hurt the last two times he's gotten in the ring, you know, b- big injuries, yeah. long injuries, things that are going to take a lot. He's not getting any younger. That's an interesting part about this as well is that, okay, you're going to roll out this red carpet and do this thing. and You're going to have this brand new show. Can he withstand? Can he work this style at this level, at the level that he wants to work at the level that this company is? Can he consistently do that? Or do you have to be very protective about when he works, how he works and all those other aspects of it? I think that's another thing that 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 maybe we are not talking enough about is that when he does come back, it's not like, all right, we're good. It's like the guy tore his tricep the last time he wrestled and he broke his foot the time before that. It's like he's not been a super healthy guy. And that's after, you know, being away for that many years or whatever. He wants to work to a high level. I get it. AEW wants him to work to a high level. People expect AEW or or CM Punk to work to a high level and people expect AEW to work to a high level. They have a a higher working standard than a lot of other wrestling companies. Can he work to that standard? Can he? I, I don't know. I don't know if I know the answer to that. I don't know if he can stay healthy either. He, he hasn't proven he could stay healthy. So yeah. And like you're saying, working, a harder style, which is to be expected in this company. Look, if nothing else, I hope his body holds up, and I hope he uh, holds up, and I, and I hope that uh, he 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 can he can avoid self destructing again long enough, so we can complete this MJF story because that was the best shit in wrestling when it was happening, and you know the night that MJF comes back is the night that CM Punk self destructs. And we miss out on the continuation of that program. And I'd really like to see that. If we could talk about wrestling for a minute, Rich, um, I, you know, instead of all this assorted drama. <laughs> what? I'd, Come on. Wrestling? No. You know, I'd, I'd really love to see that play out, finally. Because that was the best stuff in wrestling to me when it was happening. And, man, you know, MJF was coming back and we were going to kickstart that again. You know, with Punk as champion and MJF with that dopey chip. And uh, what are we stuck with now? This awful four oh. pillar shit. <laughs> oh my god! I that hate is this story. bombing like a fucking so grenade. Fucking much. God damn it! Why? Here's here's my pitch for the the four pillars uh, story, Joe. Uh, you book a match with the four pillars, and then the four pillars all win matches up until the pay per view, and then you see which of the four pillars is the best of the four pillars. That's my, but you can, you know, have promos about therapy and, and which side is he on and can they coexist? You can do that story too. My thing is just that you have them all win matches or, or arguing or these, these three guys out there arguing who the chosen one was by the <laughs> oh, daddy, Tony Khan. Oh. oh my God. It sucks. It sucks so bad. Um, it's just awful. Um, you know, all around, you know, please, please give me punk MJF continuing uh, what they started. Uh, please give it to me. I'm begging. But um, I don't know. You got anything else on Punk? Or you want to transition right into Dynamite as of late? Because 
I've gotten myself uh, in, in trouble with <laughs> you a lot have. of my listeners. <laughs> yeah, you're costing us and money. You know, honest, I go okay, away. Okay. You're costing me money, man. What are you doing out there? Okay. Stick aside. Yeah, no, you know, joking, I I'm think joking. people. I think people took that and ran with it. Um, yes, there's a small amount of, you know, there's a small handful, and I'm talking less than a half a dozen people who do unsubscribe <laughs> to our Patreon <laughs> whenever I give a negative Dynamite review, which in the history of Dynamite, I've probably done 10 negative reviews. Now, three or four of them have come recently because this run of shows has not been great. But every time we get a small handful of people who unsubscribe and let us know how they feel about me in the exit interview, okay? And it's not like any kind of it's less than one percent of the oh, subscribers yeah, yeah. It's, and it's everything else about. and it's and and look there's probably people that you know get mad and and cancel their subscriptions and stop listening to this podcast when we trash a lot of things not just aw specifically yeah we, we, we've said it very, we've, we say it all the time at some point we are going to rag on your favorite wrestler or your favorite promotion you're going to get mad and stop listening to us a lot of people come back you know what i mean a lot of them come back yeah yeah uh, I, I, it's an anonymous quote. I don't remember who said it the first time, but someone said, if you listen to Joe and Rich long enough, they're going to they're going to shit on something you love and piss you off. And that's just the way it is. I mean, that's eventually going to happen. But um, but yeah, that this run of dynamites, obviously, people know how I feel. I've been just it, last week. I just fucking destroyed them. I don't know if you were listening, bouncing around. <laughs> I, I did. I did. But, yeah, um, it was that was good. It was good. I, it was good radio. I, I, I liked it. It's so fucking. Stunk. I was not kind. That show sucked ass. No, you were right. You were not wrong about any of it. It was a brutal show. Yeah, and I think it's been part of a larger trend where the show just feels off and feels different. I don't know your opinion on that. Do you agree that the last seven, eight weeks or so, and if you want to extend it back to the last couple of shows before Revolution, does the show just tonally feel different to you? It does. Yeah. And it's a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned. It's not just the ropes or whatever, but the ropes are a nice optic to kind of talk. Like that's a lot of people be like, who cares about the ropes? And it's like, it's not I, like, I actually think the ropes look terrible and I'm, I'm so glad the black ropes are back or whatever, but I don't want to get into that. But like optically, it just worked out perfectly that the show seemed to take a very weird direction once we got those new ropes. So it's like, I don't, the new ropes weren't the reason the show got bad, but it was just a nice way to say, Hey, look at these, this round of shows were really not very good. And Hey, these, you know, so the, 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 the you know, kind of adding my two cents to the rope discussion that was going on, but like, no, it, it, they have felt very weird. It has felt like we're trying to cram a lot of stories in. We've always talked about the, the what, what we would do and the way that we want AEW to be. And the way that, that I think that I, more enjoy AEW is when they're trying to be as different as WWE as possible. We already get nine hours or whatever of first run WWE television every single week. And I've said this with every, I've said this with TNA. I've said this with ring of honor. I've said with every company that's tried to come out and, and do television in the era of post WCW, do whatever you can to not be WWE because why would I watch a company and a show that's like WWE, but isn't WWE? I can just go watch WWE. I already get nine hours of first run world wrestling entertainment television on my on on in, in great looking HD on USA and on Fox every single week. And I don't need but 
don't be WWE junior. Do not whatever you can do. And no matter what that is, and that's not, there's not one specific way to not be that way. You know what I mean? There's not what you don't just do this. And now you're not, but it's a lot of different things. It's the way you tell your stories. It's the way the wrestling is. It's the way your commentators sound. It's the way that you're, 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 you, you light your arena. It's the way that the entrance looks. It's the way it's just a lot of stuff that goes into it. And I would, I would have a list of things that say, Hey, this is what they do. Let's do whatever we can to be different and be unique and, 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 and not be like them because why would a viewer just not go watch them? They have a 30, 40, 50, 60 year head start ahead of us. Why the hell would we go ahead? Of, why, why, why would they watch us instead of watching them? You have to give them a reason. And, and I thought AEW did a good job over, over the, over the last four years. I think they have done more than more than not. They have done a good job of being an alternative and looking different and feeling different and, and, and totally being different and telling different stories. And we've talked about a lot. Like people don't get a lot of AEW stories because they want WWE stories told to them. And it's like, no, that's not the beats that AEW does. And we, we've, we've had arguments they're with people about now. that. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're getting them now. Oh, and they're getting them. And it's been funny to see a lot of people that are like, I don't understand this. What is going on? What is this? All of a sudden, a lot of those people have been like, AEW was great this week. And I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> like now I know it's been bad because this person who's always wrong every single week and, 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 and pissing their pants about, I don't understand this story. What's going on? Why is this guy fighting this guy? Why all of a sudden now though, a lot of those people are like, this is good. I like this story. I like what they're doing here. And I'm like, oh God, you know, that, that, that makes me think, oh man, we are really off the, you know, the kilter uh, a little bit here, but yeah, it's just been, I, I feel like the last couple of weeks, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what I could say would be like the first time it started or whatever, but just whatever the last couple of weeks have just felt very sports entertainment, very backstage heavy, very just cramming stories in heavy and, and, and uh, the wrestling just hasn't been that great either. So it's like, yeah, you're, you're doing all these things. You're telling all these stories. You're, you're doing all these backstage segments. You're doing a lot of these things that just feel you're doing car angles. It's like, Oh my God, we have a guy beating up a car who fucking cares. Jesus Christ. No more car angles, please. But it's like, the wrestling also hasn't been that great either. So when that when when you combine those two things of like the 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 backstage segments, the promos, the just the the, the overall kind of tenor of the promotion has felt very WWE light, very very you know minor league WWE, yes. you know, and that yes. I don't love. And then the wrestling also hasn't been that great either. So it's like when you look at those two things together, it's like hey, shows just haven't been that great. So I'm kind of with you, and and I thought this week was. Better, but not great. I thought it was still a little strange. You still had the QTV thing, which I think is just absolutely brutal. You had the four pillars story, which I think is brutal. You just have a few things that just kind of annoy me. You know what I mean? A, a few things that yeah, just kind of kind of get me. And it started. It maybe started with you know we we had that discussion a couple of months ago with Darby Allen pointing to the double or nothing sign or a couple of weeks ago. And we were like, ah, I don't like that. It's kind of weird. And then I, I forget what it was, but like the next week there was a guy watching the television with his shoulder to the television. And I'm like, Oh no, here we go. Like we're, we're, we're thinking that we have to tell stories like they tell stories. No, you do not have to tell stories like they tell stories. The best thing you could possibly do as AEW is not tell stories how they tell stories. And don't listen to people that say, I don't understand this story because you're not telling it the way that WWE tells it. Fuck those people. You know what I mean? Like too late, you know, like, no, we don't, I don't care what those people think because you can tell wrestling is not a finite thing. Wrestling does not have to be told the way that WWE tells wrestling. There has been, there was a hundred years of wrestling before WWE and, and, and there will be many, 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 many years, you know, uh, uh, you know, of wrestling, you know, with, with or without WWE, you don't have to do it the way that they do it. You can do it a different way. And that's what I think AEW did a very good job. Again, more times than not did a very good job over the last four years, you know, not doing WWE stories and not 
having to fall into WWE tropes. And, and being, I feel like and being successful doing yes, so. and, and, and doing good ratings and getting renewals on television and better ratings than they're doing now, by the mm-hmm. way. Indeed. Okay. And 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 you know, the thing about it is, and I made this point last week, but I'll make it with you here too. It's not as if these this what I call WWE bullshit, which has permeated the show over the last couple of months, hasn't ever existed in AEW. No, no, they've done. Yeah, it's happened a bit in pieces. It's been there from day one all the way through today. It's been there. Their very first pre-show on their very first pay-per-view was the librarians. Okay, it's always been there, but it would always be a segment or two and you would roll your eyes and just say, all right. The whole two hours isn't going to be for me. But lately, it's been the whole show. Yeah. The whole show has been WWE bullshit. We go from a terrible 20 minute opening promo segment with the guys whining to each other over who was the chosen one to Will Hobbs' car getting destroyed to, you know, the, the outcasts to QTV. And now it's just a whole show of this shit. And the way I phrased it was you like to talk about the Brandy segment. Where everybody, there'd be one bad segment on every dynamite that everybody would hyper focus on. We've had brandy shows lately. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it's it's just all bad shit. WWE in, and and the other thing about it is, you know, they always told stories on on dynamite and in AEW. In fact, I have argued too many, too many the, stories. Yeah, yes, that the show is too story heavy and always has been and. This idea that Dynamite is just a series of 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 uh, of matches that are designed to get four stars with no stories behind them has always been a load of shit perpetrated by grifters and idiots like botch accounts and people that no one should ever be listening to or paying attention to to begin with. It's never been true. The show has always been overloaded with stories. They just haven't been the kind of stories told in the way that WWE tells them. Okay. And the show never takes a breath, uh, never takes a breath and is constantly packed with stories. And I've always argued that they should tell less stories. Now it's packed with stories and they're done in the style and tone of WWE. And that's been the problem lately. And that's why the show feels tonally off. And on top of it, we're not getting the great matches and right. the great promos that Dynamite was built on. Right. And Dynamite I think that, was that, built that, on to me, great that makes it pretty glaring. Promos. Yeah. And I think that's the thing more, more than the WWE segments, which again, like you said, have always kind of been there. But have usually been buoyed or very immediately forgotten because oh here's Pac and Kenny Omega and then here's a 25 minute match that fucking rocks okay who gives a shit who gives a shit about QTV anymore because yeah. we just saw Pac and Kenny Omega have one of the greatest you know TV matches of all time we're not getting those you know what I mean we're we're not getting those the best of seven series it may as well have been nine months ago at this point it feels like forever ago so it's like yeah you, you're not you're, you're getting like perfectly perfunctory television wrestling combined with WWE style stories and backstage segments and stories that are just not landing. None of the, I, I don't think other than the BCC elite thing, the rest of these yes. stories suck. I mean, they're bad. The, the four pillar story is fucking brutal. It's terrible. And it's, it's not, it's awful. It's not landing. It's a total bomb. Um, and the show has not been good as a result because none of these stories are really landing. Right. The Who QTV cares? stuff is terrible. Yeah. Why would I care? Why, why do I, why, why do I car angles, man? Oh my God. The infuriating that I have about car angles. And I, and by the way, go back and listen to the last 11 years of the show and I will rant about car angles. So don't think this is, a, <laughs> I'm picking it. No, I will always rant about car angles. Why do I give a fuck that a wrestler's car got destroyed? Why do I care? 
Why do I, as a viewer, now want to see these people wrestle because a guy's, you know, Buick LeSabre got destroyed in 1998 or whatever the fuck? I don't care. I don't care that Powerhouse Sob's car needs safe light to replace the fucking windshield. Why do I care? Why do I, as a viewer, give a fuck? And if you must destroy someone's car, can we not burn through the angle in 10 minutes? Can we have the guy drive the car to the building for a month straight to at least pretend that we're trying to build up to the angle? You know, it's so dumb. Like but, imagine but, in sports, like you know, a, a big game seven starts, and they're like, "Ah, Trey Young's oil change did not go well today." So you yeah, know, it's no, like, yeah, "Oh it's no, <laughs> oh man!" Uh, it's like, who cares? Like I'm rooting for you know, Trey. I, oh man, his car is out of commission for at least another week. Oh boy, I'm rooting for that guy here, today. Here's another one. <laughs> Here's another one. For like three or four straight weeks, we've had can they coexist tag matches on either Dynamite or Ring. Kill me. And we have another one this week. Of they course. almost escaped it. They we almost got two. escaped We got a double. It. We got a double can they coexist. Both teams can they coexist. Both teams on Rampage tomorrow, 4.30 in the afternoon. Be there. <laughs> there. For like the fourth straight week, we have another can they coexist tag team. Two of them in one match this time. So this is what we're talking about. Yeah. So I thought last night's, though, was a step in the right direction. It was a little better than what we've seen in recent weeks, way better than last week for sure. But it doesn't feel like the classic, like that dynamite feel isn't there anymore. And I and um, I don't know, but uh, I've spent two weeks on this now. I just wanted to give you a chance to say your piece, you know, to see uh, whether you agreed, disagreed, uh, whatever the case may be there. But uh, listen, I bring back Punk. Bring him back tomorrow, please. I'm begging because <laughs> Punk's shit will be good for as long as he lasts before he self-destructs. His shit will be good. I know his shit's going to be good. His shit's always good. Okay? It's not going to be the, the Jericho Appreciation Society job squad trying to get the acclaimed to join their group. Who fucking cares? <laughs> I mean, this is well, what I we've been 430 doing. on Rampage. I'm going to hear. They're going to talk about it. 4.30 tomorrow on Rampage. They're going to say something about it. I, I thought I, that was done. I, no. Said, we're not done with this No, shit. on 4.30 on Rampage tomorrow. We're going to hear them talk about it. No more matches <laughs> where if you lose, you have to join someone's group by... by why? Why do I have to join their group? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not going to. <laughs> right. Like the whole, you know, it's like, this is what I mean when I say WWE bullshit. Don't the, aren't the acclaimed grown men who have agency over themselves and can just say, well, no, I'm not joining your group. And that's the kind of shit that, that AEW used to avoid. That was the other show. The one written for children that 60-year-old people watch. That's, that's the kind of shit we saw in, on the, in the other company. And, and AEW has to get back to their roots. Well, so we just, go back to complaining about a Brandy segment and not a Brandy show. Exactly. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, like you want to be an alternative and, and, and that, you know, Paul Heyman always talked about that with ECW is, you know, accentuate the negatives and hide the positives. What do they do that we can't do? What do, what do the they around. do that we can do? You know what? What? Like, let's let's lay it all out and we're going to do everything that we can do that they can't do and everything that they can do better than us. We're not going to do. And, and that's I, 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 I think about that a lot in. And it's so it's super. It's not like it doesn't take a genius to come up with something like that. It's not that crazy. But for a lot of business businesses that is tough because instead of just being junior whatever be what you are be you know that and i think we've followed that uh, from day one at this you know website and with this podcast it's been like well we're not gonna do what the observer does and and we're not gonna be able to do what pw insider does we're not gonna be able to do what some of these other people do what what can we do better than anybody else and that's what we do <laughs> you know it's what we do. so if we came on here and did a show like dave and brian do like 
it would be stupid to go listen to Dave and Brian. You know what I mean? Like, why would you listen to us instead of Dave and Brian? They have, you know, they, th- those guys have had many, many, many more years of us. So if we were doing a, a, a show that was trying to be like them and, 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 and aping exactly what they do and just following their exact format or whatever, it would suck. Go listen to them. You know, don't go listen to us, but like, no, we do our thing. We do what we do better than anybody else does it. And that's why people listen to us. So it's like, yeah, the same thing applies to AEW. Don't be WWE junior. The same thing, the same thing happened to TNA little by little. When TNA first started, a lot of people were like, wow, you know, it was very interesting. It was very, very unique. And I'm not comparing AEW directly to TNA, but TNA lost its way when they decided, well, we need to have we need to have a four sided ring. We need to be on Mondays. We need Hulk Hogan. We need Eric Bischoff. We need all that. And, and very, very, very quickly, it lost all the uniqueness. And now they're in the position that they're in right now. And it's just like there's just no point. Be an alternative. Be different. Be unique. Be, a, be an alternative. Be a reason why somebody would wa- rather watch your show than watch WWE. And, and You're and, not going to out sports entertainment. No. Them. They created that genre. Don't don't get into their genre. And, and, That's and their the genre. People who like, and the people who like that like what they do and like them, and they're not going to want a second-rate version of that. You know, and, and the show has just been creeping way too close to what they do in the other shows lately. That's all. I want it to feel like dynamite again. Ironically enough, and this is funny, and we'll then we'll move on to something else. Ironically enough, the most memorable segment, match, promo, whatever on dynamite over the last couple of months has been the Kenny Omega um, Vikingo match. And the irony there is that a lot of people claimed that that was just something thrown on the show without a story. And that, without question, has been the most memorable thing that's been on Dynamite in the last two months. The best and most memorable thing. You know why? Because that was Dynamite. That's what Dynamite is. Yeah. That's a good example of what Dynamite is. That match encapsulated the spirit of what Dynamite is. Something different. What you're not going to get on your, you know, wrestling for wrestling fans, all those things. And now all these attempts to kind of replicate and do these sports entertainment style sport storylines, they're falling flat. And that's why people are being yeah, they're not, they're not the working either. E- even if you want to be a person that says, well, I, you know, that, that's a good idea. They should start to. OK, then why do all these things fucking suck then? You know what I mean? Like they they stink. They're all bad. So it, it's I it's not working. None of these are working. The crowds do not. I mean, the, the crowds have been very muted as well. Like you compare this to the crowds two years ago. It's like night and day. You know what I mean? Between you know when they were first coming back out of the pandemic, which I, I get that maybe you were going to get. But like even go back to 2022, go back to last year, go back to this time at last year. I mean, you're looking at just crowds going nuts for stuff. And now it's like, you know, they're, they're sitting there listening to bad promos and not making any noise. It's like, all right, well, yeah, I, I, I prefer the crowd jumping up and down and going nuts as a great wrestling match is happening in front of them. I don't know. Yeah. That's what I want on my wrestling show, but I'm weird. They they ain't going to be quiet for CM Punk. No, never are. (laughs) Never are. So uh, that is AEW. That is CM Punk. Uh, More on that, obviously, that that never, ever ending story that uh, I'm glad. I appreciate it. Always good for business. It's going to be so much more drama. It's going to be (laughs) so messy. It's going to be. Oh, it's so messy in pro wrestling. I love it. Black cloud. Black cloud of Phil Brooks. The doom. I love the the clock. I hope that that, uh, poor Chris Harrington has a clock in his office. It's just like, all right, start it up or or Megan has it or whatever. Just going like, all right, here we go. It's like zero zero. days. It's like it's been zero days since Phil Brooks had a had a meltdown. Yeah. It's been zero days. Or it's it been zero days since Phil Brooks had an incident. <laughs> right. And just look at it and go, yeah, 
Four days? Not bad, guys. Not bad. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go to the land of world wrestling entertainment. Hey, speaking of sports entertainment, uh, this is what they're offering on their television show. They have a new belt, Joe, and it's a world title. Yes, the World Heavyweight Championship is here. Uh, Paul Levesque unveiled a brand new title on this week's episode of Raw. And then the first champion will be crowned at Night of Champions in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia on May 27th. Now, the great part about this, and I cannot wait to discuss this, the in-storyline reason, the canon reason that this belt has been created from the word and the mouth of Paul Levesque is that Roman Reigns has the other belts and he doesn't defend them enough. So now we have a new belt. If only there was a storyline way to correct that, Rich. <laughs> the story reason is this guy has the belts but doesn't show up, so we made new belts. It, it, but he keeps his belts when he shows up, but when he doesn't show up, we now have another belt now. In one <laughs> fell swoop, what? they have not only made whoever wins this thing look second rate, Third rate. Um, it's third rate, by the way, because Reigns has yeah, both. It's three belts. He's got two titles. They're still calling it the undisputed, <laughs> un- unified, undisputed, whatever. Yeah. He's got two titles. So they have three world titles now. <laughs> so it totally waters down not only whoever wins this thing and makes them look like, a, especially if it's someone who Roman has already beaten. Right. It's going to be Cody, by the way. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> it's 100% going to be Cody, and it's so dorky. <laughs> well, no matter who it is, it's someone that Roman has already beaten. Sure. So they're going to look like a dork for winning a consolation prize, whether it's Cody or, or whoever else, but it also waters down Roman's title. Reign. It does. It yes. absolutely waters of his course down it does. because now you've added a third world title to the mix when previously he had them both. He was dominating both. And you were telling this story, whether, you know, we loved it or not is immaterial, but now there's a third title now in the mix. That's watering down his two titles and watering down his title reign, which they're, trying so hard to push as this legendary title reign. And it is working with their fans. Their fans do buy into that. So this is just a mistake all around. A mistake right. that could have correct. Totally neuters. It, no, it neuters the guy who wins it and it neuters reigns yeah. in one fell swoop. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Like, and if this was the plan, if this is the plan that just fucking have Cody beat him, man. like what do we do? It makes the Cody and the yeah. Sammy stuff even more ridiculous. Just so much more ridiculous that, okay, this guy, and, and the thing that, that and, and, and Paul said it as well, that Reigns will stay on whatever brand drafts him to defend the title there. So now it's essentially just a one brand title. Right. So it, it, they, like I said, they've watered down Roman's title. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? If this was, then just have him lose one of the titles. The, the storyline right. thing would have been at, at some point he loses one one of these titles or if you're going to tell the story that this guy just cannot lose and will never lose and is going to get a thousand plus days or whatever, then just tell that story like it's I don't like the story. Like we said, we don't like it. I think it's a bad story and a dumb story. But if that's the story you're going to tell and it is working with your fan base, then tell that story. They, they So they've taken the coward's way out on both ends. They wouldn't have Cody win. They wouldn't have Sammy win. They wouldn't let Drew win. And then now they don't actually want Reigns to just be this overarching nonstop champion. They're realizing, hey, this guy, you know, it smartly got a deal where he doesn't have to do house shows or whatever, and he doesn't have to tour that much, and he can come whenever he wants to come, and he can win a title and then go away for a couple months or whatever, which, again, good for him. But they said, sure, let's do that, but then we're going to have you beat everybody, and you're our only champion, but you're never around anymore. I mean, what are you... This is just all their own creation, and it didn't need to be any of this. You didn't have to do any of this, and you've now neutered everybody. 
You know what the bottom line is, though? They don't care. They, they, they want their cake, and they want to eat it too. And 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 they're, they're going to be able to because their fans are yeah. going to lop it up and say, "Oh my their god, fans is just Cody's it done yeah. it. He's the world heavyweight champion now." Well, yeah. they want to get Roman to this thousand days and how, to whatever arbitrary number they want to get him to. Um, they're going to do that and see that through. But they also want to have a world champion on their shows, and they want to have world titles defended on their pay-per-views as a hook. And the hook for this show, and we know when the decision was made, because it's when they changed it from King and Queen of the Ring to whatever it's Clash of the now. Champions or Clash of Champions or whatever, yeah. Right, so that's oh, when night, the decision night of was... Sorry, Night of Champions, sorry. Night of Champions. Which also tells you that with when they tell you it was this super long-term plan, they're lying. And that's 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 how we know because <laughs> they, they had it was initially right. king and queen of the ring and then it wasn't. So, yeah, let me find but out when that Vince switch is, happened, by the way. Yeah. And now Vince is back in the mix and who knows? Maybe he's like, no, we need a world champion on these shows. And, you know, so they'll just make another fucking belt and they don't care that they're that, that they have three world titles and they're going to water them down. That doesn't matter to them. They just want a hook to sell these PLEs and to sell some tickets and to have a championship match on their pay-per-view. April 13th, that, that's by all the that way. April 13th. Early, earlier this month, they switched it from uh, King and Queen of the Rain to uh, Night yeah, of Champions. Long-term story. Long-term story. Yeah, and this is one of those byproducts of having all the money guaranteed to where you can make decisions like this that in the old days, you might give, you might have some pause and you might say, oh, now hold on a minute. Maybe it's not a good idea to water down our titles because we're going to need those titles to draw later on. And you might have that conversation, right? And you still might decide to do the third title, but you at least are going to, now you don't need to have that conversation because your right fees are going up. You're going to get a raise on all your media deals. And, uh, you know, you just, you just, you know, you just had this sale to endeavor and everything else. And none of that shit matters anymore. So Vince McMahon or, or whoever, wants a, a, a world title on the shows while also being able to push Roman Reigns as this legendary champion who holds the title for X amount of days, you could just fucking do it with no consequence, with no long-term consequence. It does not matter. They do not care. And, you know, whatever. I mean, what? I don't know what people want me to say. Like, it's just, it. you know, in, in, the, in the world we're in and in, in the position they're in now, and the massive conglomerate that they've become, they can get away with shit like this and just do things like this on a whim. April 13th, change their mind and decide, all right, well, we're going to have a third world title because fuck it. Roman's not going to be around, but we're going to do the Roman thing. They're just going to do it. doesn't matter. They don't care. <laughs> right. They do not care. They don't care. They don't need to care. They're post caring. Those checks are going to clear. No, and there is no long term story and there is no plan. And we all know that. The only long-term plan or story is we're going to let Roman hold these things for as long as we possibly can because we want to push him as a new all-time legend. That's the only thing. There, there's no. They don't know who's beaten Roman. They don't know what the end game is. And Paul told us that himself when he said the story never ends. They don't have an endpoint. It wasn't Cody. It wasn't Sammy. It, it definitely wasn't Sammy. That was a mistake that they just wanted to get past. It wasn't Cody. You know, and they missed the boat on Cody. He could beat Roman at fucking SummerSlam or at MSG on some fucking Raw or at WrestleMania next year. They missed the big moment with Cody. That's too late. And I'll tell you what, if you check out their ratings since 
since uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, that graph. That graph's not good. <laughs> now listen, they haven't dropped or cratered or anything like that. No, no, no. But they, but they dropped to a certain level and they've leveled off. And they're not this red hot, super hot company that they were when Sammy and Cody were on fire. And they're not. And while they still have a decent amount of sellouts, they're not selling everything out either anymore. I don't know if you've noticed that. I'm not suggesting their house show business isn't good because it's still very good. But some of these shows aren't selling out like they used to during the period where Sammy and Cody were super hot at the same time. And, you know, we said that, that might, there's a chance that that could happen. You know, because well, it's, it, it was even more certain, reason to give the title to Cody because Cody's actually doing house shows. So you have a champion yeah. on the house shows and it's Cody that all made to me business wise. It, it was if this guy is not going to be around all the time, Roman, and, and you've gotten to this certain point, things are going great. Cool. Cool. Uh, but like you've gotten to the certain point, but the guy has, has negotiated a very smart deal where he doesn't have to go and, and, and work as much as all these other guys. Great. But now you're in a position where you've done the story. You've told that story. Go to Cody. Cody can run your house show business. He's clearly driving house show business right now. He's clearly driving ratings right now. The time was perfect to say, all right, he's our new top star. And hell, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But like there was no there was nothing indicating business wise that it was not going to work. The house show business was up. His ratings were up. His quarter hours were big. Yeah, the merch was up like everything pointed to this is the guy. Do it now. And let's you know, let's see how it works. Give it give it a try. You know, this guy's going to be you know, this guy's going to be on house shows. This guy's going to be around. And and yeah, this other dude is is not around anymore. And we've told the story. Let's finish the story. You know, I finished the story. That was the whole thing. If you if you you wanted if you wanted someone to be around with a title, you should just have to Right. But so like now the storyline reason is we need somebody to be around with the title. Here's this other title. And it's cool. It's totally going to be Cody. We know it's going to be Cody. And it's like, just why did you not just give Cody the title? But like you said, it doesn't fucking matter. So why even bother? Well, I mean, Dusty Rhodes on his deathbed dreamed. Uh, he was very regretful that he never won the WWE world title that was invented. World, world, yeah, the, so, the, the, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship that uh, yeah. Right. Kind of looks like so the big gold belt, so I guess you can, you know, work your brain to say, no, it's kind of like the big gold belt, but well, I guess Dusty did win that title, but that's fine. We're it doesn't gonna... even tell the Cody story that they're telling, no. so I'm not convinced he's going to win it. Like, you seem convinced he's going to win. I, I don't think he's going to win because I do think eventually they're going to have him beat Roman and finish that deal off. I just think they missed the boat on the peak. And I don't think it's going to mean as much when he finally does. I think now was the time. And I think that's pretty obvious to everyone that WrestleMania was the time. And the big, you know, pyro celebration, come out on Raw, make it a party, and ride that hot Cody wave as mm-hmm, long as it takes mm-hmm. you while Roman's gone. It all made too right, much Because he's going away and he's not around. Yeah. So great opportunity to ride the wave and see what happens. And then they chose to make a new title. So Yeah. I so I think they're going to go with 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 Seth or, freaking, or whoever the fuck freaking yeah. you know yeah you know that's but who knows you know the bottom line is this is uh very fucking weird and and it's problems they create for themselves but again it does not matter <laughs> right, they're gonna be more they're gonna and make more money than care. ever this year than ever and they will always make more money so than what's ever the point of even analyzing it? <laughs> right eat at arby's they got interesting for like six months there where it was interesting to analyze them because you had these two guys who were super hot and it's like, wow, there's these two guys who are hotter than Roman. They're hotter than the champion. At, at a, there was a point where Roman was like the fourth biggest star in the company when Cena was around. 
right? So it's like, we got some, it, it, it might be time to beat Roman now because you, you just take your pick. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah. This is gone. Nope. We've gone back to where it's not interesting to analyze this company anymore. We're back to where, all right, ratings have leveled off. Raw's doing 1.8 million every week. SmackDown's down like 2 or 3% every week. And, um, you know, they're not as super hot as they were a few months ago with the two hot baby faces. And what was very telling were the reports that after night two of WrestleMania, those fans left dejected because they all came there for the Cody party and they didn't get it. And there are times, in, and we've talked about this, there's times in wrestling where you miss that boat and, and there's not a fucking return trip. That's it. That was your chance. And I feel like when their core fan base, their WrestleMania fan base, left that building dejected and unhappy, unlike the night before when they left and it was a fucking party. Okay? I, that was kind of telling to me. And again, they're not cold. They're still doing well. But they're clearly not doing as well as they were doing when those two guys were super hot. But we'll just create a third title and, you know, I, it doesn't matter though, Rich. Right. Yeah, people Let's will, move yeah, on. It the, doesn't even fucking matter. Their fans will all go, oh, he's done it. Freakin' is the world heavyweight champion. Unbelievable. And then a bunch of confetti will come down and unbelievable. What a moment. Well, yeah. <laughs> Freakin' is and the world heavyweight champion. When is two dopey titles now? You know, it's like. I, I don't know the draft. Well, let, let's get into it. We've been we've been dying to do this. We got to do our mock drafts of the WWE. So, uh, Joe, I will be SmackDown. You'll be Raw. No, fuck off. I'm not doing that. Get okay, out of here. I uh, <laughs> I I quit. <laughs> right. I am I, quitting the show. Right. My I number one pick is Brock Lesnar. Joe, the fl- pick is yours. I genuinely would rather quit the podcast. <laughs> Can you imagine sitting down and hemming and hawing? Oh, all right. Oh, damn. Oh, I don't know. Hmm, like, well, do I <laughs> do I go? Do I go with Bianca Belair here in this spot, or do I take <sighs> Dom? What do right. I do? Oh man, I, uh, I don't want to break up the LWO, so <laughs> I'm gonna have to try right, to. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ah, Boogs. Look, is, is, Boogs is, is an interesting <laughs> development. I do. I want Boogs. Boogs. I think I can do a lot with Boogs. You know, it's like what? You no, know, it does say. Everyone's available, so that Soul Ruka has a lot of upside. I don't know. She's hurt now, but if she comes back, I, uh, <laughs> you know, is Bad Bunny eligible for this right. thing? Can I pick Bad Bunny? Uh, no, I. But yeah. you know, you know, you know having who, and hawing the Dakota Kai pick. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna have to take Dakota Kai here, Joe. Just because I think you're gonna get her. I think you're gonna get her. So I'm gonna pick her now. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. If I don't take her, yeah, now, I know yeah. it's early. I know it's only the seventh round, but I gotta get Dakota Kai because I know you're a big fan. So I'm getting Dakota Kai it, it, for SmackDown. It's a little early. You know? like, it's a little early to start a run on damage control wrestlers, but I think it's I, I, right. I've got to do it now. Um, God, you know, Rich, the uh, Rich, the uh, the ringer. Did a <laughs> I saw draft. I saw. Did I see that Brock Lesnar got picked in like the eighth round of their of their draft? Brock, Brock Lesnar almost went undrafted <laughs> in the ringer mock draft, which actually see that tracks because does, WWE fans they hate him. We're the only WWE people that love him. Fans, We're the only people that love Brock anymore. Yeah, they don't like Brock. They're, that kind of fan doesn't like Brock. It's crazy. I don't. I don't know what their problem is. They don't like things that are cool. Is what it is. Like Dom Mysterio got picked in like the third round, 
and Brock got picked, you know, like in the eighth round at the tail end of the draft. Because those fans, they just like stuff that sucks. I don't know. Um, no, I, I genuinely would quit this podcast before I, <laughs> I would, participated. I would, if you offered it, even as a joke to do it, I would, uh, yeah, I would, I would quit as well. So There's like five wrestlers in that company that I enjoy watching wrestle. And I don't want to draft 15. <laughs> no, my draft is Bianca Belair. I'm good. Yeah, I don't want anybody else. So that's, I've always said, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Give me Gunther, Bianca Belair, Brock. I'm good. I don't need anybody else. So. Yeah. Cody, and then yeah, and then the rest. That's it. You can, you, I, you, I don't you, want anybody yeah. else. You, you can have freaking if you want. I don't. Uh, I don't want him. So go for it. Yeah. Um. No, you're gonna take Jay Uso, burgeoning <laughs> right. star. Ooh, Jesus. do I take Jimmy and, or Jay first? <laughs> I hope yeah. you don't swoop in and take Jimmy if I take Jay. Oh man, it would throw SmackDown for a loop. So <laughs> I could be like. um Stephanie McMahon and take uh, uh, Gable Stevenson, right? That worked out. <laughs> Remember? That. Yes. Remember, she drafted him to Raw. A value Remember? pick. A value pick. But yeah, it has, it yeah. has not paid off quite yet. Gable. Uh, um, the motherfucker shot his own angle and tried to go back to college. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Does he have eligibility left? Can he go back to college? I don't know how that works. He but he tried. Up, like wearing a hood. He did a pro wrestling angle. He showed up in a hoodie. <laughs> I don't think he's got meet. eligibility anymore. Yeah, I don't think the NCAA works like that. And then he like he revealed himself like the black scorpion, <laughs> the, the black fucking hood scorpion. off, and was like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm here. I want to insert myself. I want to make this a heavyweight fucking triple threat. Like you can't. It doesn't work like that. He tried to like shoot an angle. Well, I think he, I thought he what was. Isn't he actually wrestling again? I think he's actually actively wrestling again. I, I forget for what, but I thought he's actually like working again or or not working. But I I, I don't know. Maybe it's for Team USA or something like that. But he he ain't fucking wrestling. I'll tell you. That. He ain't pro wrestling. I'll tell you that for sure. No. No. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. And I just want to let you know about a brand new sponsor we have for the network. It's Eufy. And let me tell you a little bit about their newest product, the Eufy Video Smart E330. This isn't your everyday smart lock. This is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell offering triple the security and triple the convenience. Instead of loading up your door with a bunch of different devices, you install one, and it takes care of everything in a complete package. It's not just about the home security, though. The Eufy Video Smart Lock E330 is also for convenience. No more worrying about losing keys. You can let each member of your family get a password. You can monitor their movement in and out of the house. You can keep an eye on your packages. You can check in on your house while you're away. There is so much you can do with this product. Best of all, it is easy to install and set up. All you need is a Phillips screwdriver. Leave that drill in the toolbox. The Eufy has keyless entry, a 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, a rechargeable battery with a four month lifespan, two way audio from the lock, enhanced night vision, 24 seven customer support. And you'll love this. None of those pesky monthly fees. Eufy sent me a smart lock 330 and I've loved it so far. It allows me peace of mind when I'm at work or when I'm away on one of my patented vacations. Plus it helps me keep track of deliveries to the house, saves me a trip back to the car. If I just need to run in for something and I forgot my keys and the two way audio system works well for those unwanted guests at my front door. No, I do not need new siding or windows or a roof. 
Thank you, though. You can simply tell them you aren't interested from the comfort of your couch. Now, are you ready to ditch the others and join the Eufy revolution? Of course you are. Get started today by searching Eufy Video Lock on your search engine of choice. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can finally, once and for all, gain complete control of your door. Once again, that's E-U-F-Y Video Lock ufeofficial.com slash video lock and we thank them for sponsoring the voice wrestling podcast network what's so special about hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co uh yeah, so no draft. No draft. No, no. Thanks. unfortunately, no. unfortunately, folks, you're gonna have to go elsewhere for your uh, your your world wrestling entertainment mock drafts. Uh, but we will uh, briefly touch on this: a uh, a new lawsuit uh, filed on Monday against WWE from uh, Brittany Abrahams, a former WWE writer who filed a civil suit uh, regarding her treatment while employed with the company and her termination Uh, in the suit. There are claims of discriminatory treatment, harassment, uh, wrongful termination, hostile work environment, and several other things. Uh, WWE, Vince McMahon, Stephanie McMahon, uh, Christine uh, Lebrano, I believe is how you pronounce it, Jen Pepperman, Chris Dunn, Ryan Callahan, and Mike Heller are all listed as defendants uh, in this suit. Uh, You can read that there's the whole suit's out there if you really want to dig into it. But a few notable pieces in it were um, a lot of the stories that were either pitched or discussed or whatever. Very few of these actually made it to air. And I think that is something that a lot of people have discussed is like, well, if they didn't make it to air, you know, what 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 sort of. And, and again, a lot of it is is how, you know, the pitches were brought up in a in a room and how, you know, Abraham's would would, you know, relent against it or say, like, that's a bad idea. And then how she was sort of treated after, you know, saying, hey, I don't think that's a really cool idea. I think that story kind of sucks or, or whatever. And then somebody being, you know, whatever that treatment was afterwards is, is, is more the sticking point. People are, are kind of honing in on the the specific, you know, like things that were pitched. And I think it's more how she was treated during said pitches and how she was treated in the writer's room or whatever. But like again, you can go read that if, if, if you really want to. But, you know, the some pitches, of the, the, pitches, the pitches themselves are the juice part right so people, and, you know, and again we're going to talk about the, the we're going to do the exact same thing as well but like the, the the lawsuit isn't like they made apollo cruz be nigerian that's bad it's like the fact that when it was brought up it was like hey is this really the way to do it and then the way that she was sort of treated or discussed after you know bringing up how she maybe thought that that wasn't a great idea to do this. And obviously this. the, pa- and obviously the patterns is sure. Patterns. Sure. Absolutely. So, uh, the first one that I, that, that I thought was pretty notable was WWE writers having, well, first off, it was noted that WWE writers had no idea what to do with Bianca Belair, which is just the, the most, gl- I, I immediately highlighted that and just went, all of you are fired. Then if you don't know what to do with well, Bianca I Belair, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, Rich, if I'm in that writer's room and I am presented with this, Super athletic, extremely charismatic, uh, phenomenally telegenic, and uh, super talented blue chip A lister. I wouldn't know what to do either. What do you do with someone like right. that? Rich? She's she's in incredible shape. She's a great athlete. She's attractive. She's personable. She's yeah. I, I don't know. I I'm I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss. Well, apparently, what they wanted her to do was say, uh uh uh, don't take don't make me take off my earrings and beat your ass. So apparently, that line was presented to her. She said she didn't want to do that line numerous times. She said she didn't want to do that line, and it continued to be 
be written for her week after week after week until Belair eventually, you know, discussed with Abraham's like, I don't know why they keep putting this line in for me. I don't want to do that line. Uh uh-uh, uh, don't make me take my earrings and beat your ass is what was I pitched believe. To her. I believe it says in the suit that Belair's exact verbiage was, I don't, it's going to make me look ghetto, I yeah. believe is what she says mm-hmm. in the suit. And the thing about this one is the persistency of them writing yes. this for her. Yeah, the, over the fact that it's over. not one time and she said, that's a bad line. It makes me sound ghetto. I don't want it anymore. That if, if she just did that and it was over, then this isn't that juicy. It's like, oh, that's a weird line, but okay, whatever. And the then f- if the writers say, okay, cool, that's a terrible pitch. I'm sorry. Let's try something else. You're right. We probably aren't even hearing about this, but they kept writing it for her week after week. And the suit alleges that Belair felt the same way. Like they keep giving me this. Shit, right. Why is this line always in I my script? Yeah. It. Please go away. And, and, the, and, and when it comes to something like this, if Bianca Belair would have come up with a character like that, or if Bianca Belair would have thought that a character like this was a good idea and went along with it, that's something totally different because then she has agency over it. And she's wanting to do it. This is completely the other way because she didn't want to do it. And she didn't want to play what she terms as a ghetto character. And they continued to try to pitch it to her and made her do it. I think she did it. I think they made her do it. And it's like, that's the crux here of the suit. You know, things like this where it's just persistent. And the fact that it continued to be written for her even after she said she didn't like it and she was uncomfortable with it and she didn't want to do it. And she's in a tough spot because this is a couple years ago. She's new to the main roster. This is her big opportunity. And that's got to be super awkward to be given something you don't want to do, express that you don't want to do it, and then have them continue to pressure you to do it. And, you know, obviously, this is the end result. Yeah. So... Uh, there was also mention of the Apollo Crews Nigerian character and the, the well put on accent. And of course, that story went in a bunch of different directions that at the time we were just like, this is a really weird. I mean, there was the whole the feud of Big E was Apollo saying you're not really African-American like I am. Or whatever. And it's like, oh, God, you know, what century is this? What are we doing here? And it that was a dumb character from the beginning. He had a, a, a his scepter or whatever the hell it was. It was so bad, but yeah, it was, it was presented in that way. And again, like why, what, you know, is this really the best way to use Apollo Cruz and just sort of the, the, you know, the, the replies that, that, that she received in the writer's room or whatever, uh, Shane Thorne being pitched to have a hunting gimmick where he would capture Reggie, persistently chase and capture yes. Reggie as a running bit. Right. And Reggie and, would get away. And then the next week, Shane Thorne would once again, hunt Reggie and capture him. And when it was expressed to them, that <laughs> that's how you shape not- Thorn. Fire! All of these have to be fired. All these men have to be fired. Every single one, men, women, everybody in the writers' room, all fired. Go away. And the idea was when it was expressed to them that it's maybe not the best optics to have a white man hunting down a black man week after week as a running bit. Again, running into the problem of you know um, patterns and being persistent about things that where she was trying to explain to them, look, this, these might not be the best ideas. And, um, and Thorne actually did work that gimmick on TV, but I don't think they did the, the deal where he was hunting. It never got to the point where he was hunting anyone, let alone Reggie. Cause he got fired shortly thereafter. Yeah, I, I know there's no bad ideas in a writer's room. That's a bad idea, but uh, I'm sure it started with Shane Thorne's Australian. And then they immediately went to, ah, crocodile hunter. Oh, what about well, human what hunter? <laughs> like, And then it became Human Hunter. And then, you know, again, and this is, again, one of those things where 
if someone stands up in the room and says, hey, guys, maybe the optics of hunting a white man, hunting a black man every week don't really work. And if they would have said, oh, you know what? That's a good point and scrapped it. Right. We right. might not be here with a yeah, lawsuit. Uh, get the piece of paper that you wrote it on, pile it up, throw it in the trash can. All right. So now what do we do with Shane? Uh, fuck, you're yeah. right. That is pretty <laughs> yeah, bad. You're right. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. you're right. That is bad. All right. Wrap it up. Okay. New story. New idea. But no, again, it, it continued to come up time and time again. Um, they were doing a story with Mansoor and Aaliyah. Uh, Mansoor was being pitched as potentially uh, the story could be that he was behind the 9-11 attacks because uh, uh, Mansoor is Saudi Arabian. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's a uh, that's a pitch for sure. Uh, not one that I would certainly make, but OK, uh, not great. And again, another like, you know, is this really where we're going? <laughs> is this the story? No, I know no bad ideas, but like. That's a bad idea. Maybe let's not do this one. And then, you know, again, like the whole persistence. And then uh, lastly, uh, she alleges that it's she was just it's establishing. It's establishing yeah. a pattern. Right. Which right. Is just why, just yeah, baseline definitely. racial stereotype shit that that is yeah. has been prevalent in pro wrestling for years and years and years, but probably doesn't need to be as prevalent as it still appears to be prevalent, at least in that. Right. It room, is so. obviously still ingrained in the culture of the company is the point of the lawsuit. Right. Uh, and then also uh, Abraham's alleges that she was terminated as a result of her taking a WrestleMania 38 chair uh, when she was told it was okay for her to take it. Uh, she also alleges that other employees took chairs and they were not let go. So whether so it was, I believe the idea there is that she's saying that was their excuse to finally right, get rid of her. That's how I read it. Yeah, exactly. I read it as she's saying, okay, it wasn't just a chair because I took a chair, but that guy took a chair and that guy took a chair and that guy took a chair. They didn't get fired. So it was all this other stuff. And then I took the chair and they said, ah, yes, you were fired because you took the chair so yeah that that's that's what she's alleging yeah there. so that they were basically she was a they saw her as a pain in the ass and they were just waiting for a reason for cause and then used this as the right. reason so that's kind of like you know our amateur uh lawyer uh, uh lawyering would 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 lead me to believe that that's why that's there but uh I don't know, Rich. I, I I don't think Vince McMahon's gonna be able to wiggle out of this one. Yeah, <laughs> Vince McMahon wiggles out of it easily. Oh well, ah oh, well, uh, well. Nevertheless, nevertheless. Yeah. yeah, this won't be a thing anymore. By SmackDown, yeah. like Rey Mysterio will have a good match, and people will go, "Great match!" Rey Mysterio is a legend. Hashtag SmackDown, and nobody will think about this ever again. So it's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, doesn't doesn't uh, matter. The man is more powerful than ever. Uh, Jesse Collins wrote a great article on Voices of Wrestling this week. It doesn't matter. He 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 goes through every single thing that has just never mattered for Vince. He's more powerful than ever. NBCU has a uh, you know an, an executive that does very similar things. He's out. He's gone. He's fired. Vince McMahon more powerful than ever. Higher ever than he's been in any hierarchy with this and everything. So okay, all right. I mean, we've seen it over and over and. Um, you know, a lot of people will ignore it and not pay any attention to it. And some of that's because they want to see no evil, hear no evil. And some of that's because quite honestly, they've, they've gotten away with this behavior for years and years and years. And, and, you know, uh, even things that are, uh, worse than this, uh, in terms of all of the recent allegations against Vince and none of it ever matters no, much does. like their booking. It just, you know, so we'll see if anything comes of it. Uh you know, I'd be surprised if it does. Honestly, I'd be stunned. I'd be stunned. If I don't know if that's me being cynical. 
or um, yeah, it's you being a realist. We've been we've done the, down this block time and time again. Go read that Jesse Collins piece. A link to every single one of the things, and it's probably only scratching the surface of the things that that he's done. But the, but the public and obvious things that that has probably and, and usually does tank a lot of other you know, executives. It's just never mattered. Never mattered with it. Yeah. Never mattered with this company. We've we said it time and time again. The fact that they're they're pro wrestling and everybody just thinks of them as pro wrestling, much to you know Vince's chagrin. The thing that Vince hates the most is what saved his ass the most is that nobody gives a fuck because it's wrestling. Ah, it's wrestling. Who cares? Right. You know, ah, it's just a carnival. Ah, whatever. You know, who cares? It's just wrestling. Yeah. So, ah, low brow shit. Yeah, low brow shit. Of course, that shit's happening there. It's it's fucking wrestling. And then everybody moves no on. One, no, no one watches that, but white trash hillbillies and uneducated people. It doesn't matter, right? And then you it know, doesn't. That's the way people do it. <laughs> and then it doesn't. And then it, then surprise, it doesn't matter. <laughs> even though they're a billion dollar company and just merged with another billion dollar company to form an even bigger billion dollar company. But you know, hey, whatever. Circus stuff. All right. So that is World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, and that is uh, the first half of the show here. So uh, we got a lot of different ways to go here. Let, let's talk about Impact. We talked about them a little bit at the beginning. They're, they're making some waves with some re- recent uh, free agent uh, acquisitions here. They scooped up Nick Aldis. Uh, and now uh, Trinity Fatu, Trinity Star, uh, signed with Impact Wrestling as well. Not a one-match deal. We, we, we're, we're told that obviously it is a, uh, you know, I don't know how long the contract is or whatever, but it is a, a, a contract, whatever it may be. It's not just a, she's showing up this weekend in Chicago and then she's out. Like, no, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a contract. She's starting with Impact. And however long that's going to last, we don't know. Uh, and Nick Aldis as well. Bringing uh, Nick Aldis back, I think, is a, is a, is a pretty cool signing. And uh, yeah, these are good. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll kind of break it down a little bit. But, you know. You're better off signing these people than not signing them, right? I mean, if you're impacts, that the, the optics are good. Here's the reality of this, okay? In both of these cases, I've seen a lot of people saying, "Wow, impact!" You know, they really made a major score with Nick Aldis. They made a statement, <laughs> and you know, we're seeing the same thing with Trinity Fatu, where people are, you know, saying, "Oh, wow, you know, they really made a statement here." I can't believe that that that's where she ended up going. They really did a nice job getting her into the fold. Let's call this what it is. These are two people who were waiting for phone calls from other readily places available. that never came readily. Okay. Available. Yeah. Th- these, these are people that just, they just never got the other phone calls that they were waiting for. And impact is the, uh, is the safety school. Okay. That that's what this is in both of these cases for both of these people. Nick, all this has been a free agent and, and I'm not pouring water on impact. I have a, a, a bigger point to make here when, when I, but, but this has to be set. Okay, Nick Aldis and Trinity Fatu didn't sit home and rub their chins and have all of these offers to choose from and chose Impact Wrestling. That's not what happened here. Nick Aldis has been a free agent since January. Okay, we know for a fact that there were at least some dialogue with WWE because Fightful reported that. All right, I don't know if AW if AEW had any interest. I, I would I don't know anything. My gut tells me they didn't, just based on. I don't know that you know what I know about the people who make those decisions and what I think he would be a fa- right. They may not have been well, interested. They, they were, but, he was but, available. No. <laughs> he was available and they didn't he was get him. Available. I mean, yeah. <laughs> he was available right. and they didn't sign him. So that tells you one thing right it's there. Telling, right. Because he wouldn't have chosen impact over AEW, all things being equal. Right. My, money the money been. is probably better, Joe, in AEW than yes. it is in Impact. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say they probably pay a little bit better in AEW than they do for Impact. Just just the going money, on. The, limb there. The, ex- the money, the exposure, the potential money, all of those things. So and, and and again, this is someone who was a free agent since January, and he didn't make a decision 
until April. And we know for a fact he had dialogue with WWE. So whether or not there's a hiring freeze or not, there may be, there may not be. The point is, he didn't end up in WWE. He didn't see that happening. Like you just said, AEW had plenty of time to get this guy on the phone and make a deal. Uh, New Japan obviously wasn't interested because he's not there either. So what's the safety school? What's the soft landing spot? The place where he has a history with the management, the place where he's worked before, and the place where his wife works. Yeah. And that's where he ended up. And listen, that's great for impact. And they didn't waste any time. They brought him in on the pay-per-view, and they're immediately giving him a main event push where he's chasing the world title, as well they should. That's absolutely what they should do with Nick Aldis, because look at him and listen to him talk. Okay? We all know Bell to Belly's a jag. We all know that. But... In Impact Universe, he stands out. Oh, of course. He stands out, and he absolutely should be pushed. Okay? And I wrote about Nick Aldis behind the paywall because I reviewed one of his matches. He He's the current Dungeon Wrestling Champion, which is the latest Stampede reboot. But they're using the name Dungeon Wrestling. So they've been using him up there. That's how he's been biding his time while he's making his decision here where he's going to end up. And, um, you know... He, uh, he's their world champion up there. They put the, they put that, you know, the new, you know, the Stu Hart heritage title, whatever it's called on him in that stampede reboot. And now he's with impact. And look, it was the same deal with Trinity. Do you really think that she chose impact over Bushi road over stardom over AEW? No, those offers never came for one reason or another. She didn't get any other offers. So now she's with impact. And again, that's great for impact. Mm-hmm. And I think it's healthy that two or three places aren't gobbling everybody up and there's sort of this trickle-down effect where a place like Impact could take advantage of Tony Khan being out of just gobble-up mode, taking every free agent, taking advantage of WWE fresh off of a merger. Maybe there is a hiring freeze. Taking advantage of people like Nick Aldis and Trinity not necessarily being a good fit for New Japan, right? And then that's a benefit to Impact and then they end up with these two people who are definitely quality additions for them. And that's healthy for wrestling overall, in my view, that that's how it worked out. But let's not spin this and act like Impact brought the best deal to the table in, in either case. Because that absolutely... Why did they both take so long to land there if that was the case? Right? This was, like I said, the fallback option. But that works out for Impact in this case. And now they're both there. And, and good for impact. And listen, when I first reported on the Sasha Banks stuff, and I broke that, I broke Sasha Banks signing with Bushi Road. I asked, I specifically asked about Trinity Fatu, and I was told that her name never came up once. They just weren't interested at the time. And listen, that's going back many months. That could have changed in the interim. I don't know if she's been talking to them or not since, but I know originally when they were after Sasha and they cut their deal with Sasha, okay, they never discussed her and they weren't interested in her at least from the people who, who who I asked, okay? And I nailed that story. Go back and read it. So it's not like I'm getting sketchy information. So I have to think that they just weren't interested for whatever reason in bringing her into stardom or bringing her into New Japan. And maybe, you know, I, I don't know whether it was just a lack of interest in her talent, a lack, or you know, maybe they didn't think she was worth the investment right. when money, they heard her number. Money, I don't know. Money situation. Yeah, I don't want to meet her at her number, like you said. Yeah, who knows? But the point here is, and and... You know, um, AEW obviously had a crack at it all this time. Same thing with all this. But this all benefits Impact. They get them both. Um, I think Trinity Fatu is a little overrated myself. But if I'm running Impact, I still bring her in.
because obviously she's a former WWE name, someone who has a rabid online fan base, all of those things. And those could all be positives if used properly and brought in. And, you know, maybe you can get a little something out of her. And to me, Nick Aldis, that's a no-brainer, too, because with the current state of their roster, with Josh Alexander injured on, on the shelf, Rich, their world champion is Steve Macklin. Yeah, yeah. No disrespect, no disrespect to Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin is a nice little wrestler, okay? But c- come on. We, you know, Nick Aldis is like the upgraded version of Steve Macklin. He looks better. He talks better. <laughs> that's that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like now you brought in, you know, you had Aldis Jr. looking guy in, in, in Macklin. And now you have the actual Aldis if you want. It, it's it's very, you know, looks good in a suit, looks good as the champion type of guy. And that, that's Aldis. Yeah, they're so. not the same gimmick exactly. But Aldis is like the, the enhanced version of what Macklin is because he's just more charismatic. He talks better. He looks better. Um, you know, and he's got, you know, whatever you want to say about that long NWA title reign in the NWA. I mean, he's got that certain pedigree as a guy who could carry a, a company as a world champion and, and, and all of those things. And, um, you know, like, again, no disrespect to Steve Macklin, nice little wrestler, but he doesn't scream world champion to me. So, you know, Nick Aldis to me is a no brainer too. And he absolutely should be in the mix. And I think he should beat Macklin for the title. I do. Yeah, he just instantly, be- you instantly have a main eventer now. You, you, you signed a guy and he's a main eventer. I mean, that does not happen very often anymore. It does definitely not happen in, in, in impact doesn't have that ability to just, you know, insert a main eventer right away. And, and you could do that with all this. You, you got, and it doesn't feel like you're inserting a main eventer just because it's like, fuck, we got nobody. It's like, oh yeah, that guy makes sense. Like he comes out, he's, he, he's wearing the suit and it's like, yeah, that, that's a dude that can win this world title and that's cool uh, for impact that is good that is a good and trinity same deal it's like all right well shit that's that one of your top stars in the women's division like that's good those are two good signings it's not just depth they didn't yeah, just sign for price, depth if the yeah. price if the price is right with trinity that's a well worth the gamble oh for sure with the fan base that she could potentially bring you know even though look if 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 i were aew i wouldn't be interested in trinity i i, I don't think she adds much to their ro- to their women's roster which is a little better than people think it is you know, if I'm Bushy Road, I don't know if I'd necessarily be interested in her. Um, I, I don't know if you've checked the ticket sales for the uh, the New Japan show, um, the next American New Japan show that Sasha was announced for, but those tickets didn't exactly fly off the shelf like they did the first time around, mm-hmm. Rich. I don't know if you if you saw that or not. Uh, you're but, talking about um, Resurgence, right? The one in uh, yeah, so May 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 twenty first. I'm going to see if I can pull that up as a matter of fact while we're on the air. Um, I know that they announced, I know that the note of Sharon has told us, I think they announced a new women's match for that one. I think Willow Nightingale is in it. I'm trying to kind of, it's hard to get like news as, as the show goes on, but let me, let me see if I can get yeah, the yeah. exact uh, 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 card or the exact match, I should say, but it's a, uh, it's, my, it's my point here is when they announced, when they announced Sasha the first time they sold out those 2200 yeah. tickets or whatever it was. And it was very obvious that, that, Sasha Banks or Monet, whatever, um, you know, helped push that over the top and help sell that out. That's undeniable. Uh, the point here is that hasn't happened with this second time around. And I don't know if that's a product of she has just cooled off because she's been out of sight, out of mind to a lot of people who don't follow New Japan and stardom for a while now or because the Tokyo Dome debut was kind of a dud. Or and maybe not enough people watched her her debut and you know on the first New Japan show and I don't know what it is but clearly she hasn't had the same effect on tickets the second time around that she did the first time around and 
it, it, my, my, my larger point here is to not knock uh, Monet here. My point here is if I were Bushi Road, if I were Stardom or New Japan, I don't think I would have been too hot for Trinity either, is my point. But again, no, I, I don't know if this, Trinity can 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 work the standard that they want. And that's nothing against her. And I'm it's sure a, it's she a doesn't come cheap. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 she it's, made a lot of money in that company, and her husband's a millionaire. Right. So it's I'm an sure ROI. It's an cheap. ROI thing at that point where it's like, all right, is it? You know, Mercedes is the one that that has the 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 cachet as well as the in ring chops. We're good. You know, we're, we'll we'll spend our X million dollars on her. But yeah, I don't know. Do we need to spend X million dollars on you? You know, that's nothing against Trinity. It's just, yeah, it's a dollars and cents thing. And and she was right and probably smart to say, hey, this is my figure. You know, meet it. And if they could meet it, then all right, that, that's that's how negotiations work. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's 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 not demeaning in, in that way. But like if if she had a pretty big number, you know, they probably said, yeah, you know, we're, we're good. You know, thank you. But no, we're, we're OK. And, you know, no hard, no foul. And, and, and now she's found, you know, somebody who will meet whatever number it is at, at this point uh, with impact. So yeah, it, it's, it's a good move for impact. It absolutely is a good move for impact. And, and I'm with you. I, I don't know that I'm, I'm super, super like excited to see Trinity and impact, but hey, it's, it's, you know, it's instantly somebody you can add to your women's division that, 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 that has cachet and has star power and will get eyeballs on your products. And Nick Aldis is just, yeah, you, you, if Nick Aldis is there and you're willing to, you know, meet his money and, 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 and meet where he is and it's a good fit. Yeah. Why not? I mean, he's a guy you absolutely bring in. Yeah, I, I don't know if WrestleTix is tracking it, and I don't know where I saw it, but I saw that there were plenty of tickets uh, remaining for that Resurgence show, and they weren't, um, you know, flying off the shelf instantly like they did the first time right. around for Monet's debut. Um, but I cannot find it. Um, I'm looking. I guess we should just pull up Ticketmaster and see how many tickets are left, right? Let's I guess so, yeah. Right, so, get on to Rich Fan Wrestling Resurgence. Because I'm curious now. Yeah, it's and, the, Wal- the Walter Pyramid, I think, Long Beach, right? Uh, yes. La- last year's was that that the torch, the L.A. Coliseum, or yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, this year, yes, is that the they've run that building before. Um, I want to go to the Ticketmaster site, not like StubHub or any shit like that. So whichever one of us gets there first. Um. <laughs> it's taking a while. I'm that Ticketmaster's very slow for me right now. I'm working on it. it was, when I type in resurgence, it gives me a bunch of other stuff that's not New Japan. There we go. All right. Oh man. One sec. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This is terrible radio. <laughs> You're getting there uh, before me. I can promise you that. <laughs> Maybe it's not um, on Ticketmaster. I don't know. I thought it was on Ticketmaster. Uh, it, I'm finding it on LongBeachState.org venue.net on the long okay Beach. great how many tickets are left? <laughs> all right uh looks like i can get a lot of tickets yeah see that's what I'm every talking about. section there's there's three sections that are gone but ringside it says seat availability low for ringside west ringside east it says seat availability low but i can still buy ringside seats uh ringside north is low so i can still buy those ringside south is medium in terms of availability and then most of the other places are either high or medium ticket availability so so they just while we were on the air they announced this little mini tournament deal yeah 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 that she's in but she was announced for the show i want to see it was uh the 26th so yesterday so um you know and like i said last time the tickets were gone 
almost instantly. And I know this is a little bit bigger, of a larger of a building, but um, you know that again, it didn't have the same effect the second time around. Um, do you want to use this to transition into stardom? Yeah, I mean, let, let's do that. Since we're we're talking we're talking, uh, we're talking we're money, we're talking money, and we're yeah. talking uh, 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 women's wrestling. So Stardom had their uh, All Star Grand Queendom show April twenty third uh, in Yokohama Arena. Five thousand five hundred and thirty nine people in Yokohama Arena. This was a uh, pay per view uh, in Japan. They also had English commentary uh, as well for that one. Chris Charlton doing uh, the heavy lifting on that uh, particular show. So he did he did a great job by the way because Chris is just and he had to be the lead man on this too. So he's doing the lead you know play by play and you know sprinkling in the color as well but he did, i thought he did a phenomenal job uh, i was listening to the english uh, uh, commentary version of it uh did i uh, did he also shout out you know the, the jumping bomb audio uh podcast as well as scott edwards who uh who uh, uh writes for voice of wrestling he did but that's not the reason i'm you know he did a good job. He did a good job, but you know, it helps the plugs help. Uh, but regardless, uh, I watched most of that show. Uh, you, Joe, I do not think had a chance to watch stardom all-star grand queendom from Yokohama Marina. Is that correct? And am I correct in that assumption? I think I am correct in that assumption. So anyway, <laughs> I will. Uh, so as far as the show, so I watched most of the show. I don't want to do a match by match review of it because there wasn't a ton that I really loved on the show. There was a few matches that I do think were worth your time, Joe, and I, I think our listeners time as well. If you're kind of trying to pick and choose now, if you go to cage match, you will see this show rated as like an all time great show. I mean, I think uh, one, two, three, four, five, I think five of the matches have eight plus on cage match. Uh, one is a nine plus and the one that wasn't an eight plus is a seven point nine two. So very, very high on cage match. So I did not think that highly of it. And and this could be simply a case of me dropping into stardom. I don't watch a ton of stardom. I'm kind of watching this without a full understanding of all the stories and all this, you know, things going into it. But uh, a lot of the stuff that I've seen get really, really high ratings. I don't know. I didn't think was was, you know, that good. But uh, there were a few matches that I did think were worth your time. And of course, we, we do have to talk about the Mercedes match because, you know, she, she's money and, and you got to talk about it. But um the matches that I really, really did like and the ones that I think people should uh, seek out were uh, two of the last three matches on the show. Now, the main event was uh, was Tam uh, Nakano uh, versus Julia for the World of Stardom title. That's at a 9.23 right now in cage match. I'm not that high, but I thought it was really, really good. They beat the ever-living shit out of each other, uh, and I tend to always kind of gravitate towards that a little bit more. There's there's, you know, there's, there's Joshi where it's like crazy high-flying, and I really enjoy that, and then there's the Joshi where they just beat the living shit out of each other, and I kind of enjoy that. This is a little bit of A and a little bit of B. They, they, they flew around a little bit, but they also spent a lot of the time just beating the hell out of each other with stiff headbutts, stiff punches, uh, Julia doing a few spots in there where she just gave a, a closed fist uh, to Sam Nakano and they, they have a huge history as well for people that do not know and, and again you can go read the, the preview and the reviews that we did at uh, voicesofwrestling.com with uh, uh, Scott Edwards and Alex Richards uh, did, did the, a great job uh, covering those or listen to the Jumping Bomb Audio here on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network if you want to get deeper into the story of it but uh, these two have had a very very long rivalry so this match fit the rivalry where they went in there and they just beat the hell out of each other and, and there's no love lost between them so yeah they went out there and, and, and beat the ever living shit out of each other and I thought it was great I, I think Julia is tremendous uh, I think she's got it she's got that star power that that a very few people have I mean she comes into a building and just owns the room uh, looks a million bucks and and is delivering in ring as well I, I touched on that uh, a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago when I had Alan on the show 
um, fill in for for Joe and 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 you know Alan and I talked about how I rated her as one of my top ten wrestlers of the year, and I think she still is there. And and you know obviously having this really really good you know main event that I went about four and a quarter on. Um, you know, is going to keep her in that top list as well. But I thought she was tremendous in this. Uh, Tam Nakano, I've, 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 I usually enjoy her not as much as I enjoy Julia. But uh, yeah, this is this is worth your time. This is a match that's worth your time. Twenty three minutes and forty seconds. Uh, Tam Nakano getting the win, uh, winning the World of Stardom title over uh, Julia. But uh, yeah, if you if you have a chance to you know carve out some time, this is a long show, long show with a lot of big matches. Uh, video file was very long. I think the pre show rumble went like thirty minutes or whatever. So there's a lot of stuff in the show. But uh, if you're trying to to pick and choose and just saying, okay, what do I absolutely, absolutely have to watch? I'll tell you, you absolutely have to watch this main event. Tam Nakano uh, and Julia, uh, go anyway to check that out. Like I said, 9.23 on cage match. I'm not quite there. I'm like four and a quarter, maybe four and a quarter plus if I'm doing the plus minuses, but a uh, really, really good match. Uh, the match that I liked the most on the entire show was third from the top. It was a knockout or submission only match uh, between Shiri uh, and Shihiro uh, Hashimoto. And this, when I talk about beating the shit out of each other, these two went out and beat, I knockout and submission only. So you know what it's going to be. And they wrestled to that and they wrestled to that style too of the other person just trying to knock out or, or submit the other person. So they, again, went out there for 16 minutes and beat the ever living hell out of each other. Uh, and Shuri is next to Julia is the next, you know, Joshi that I, that I watch. And I'm always just like, yeah, she is awesome. She gets it. Uh, she has a presence about her as well. So uh, she went out there and, and, and had another really, really good performance. So I, I, I really, really liked uh, what she did there. I've, I haven't seen much of Hashimoto. I, I think I've maybe seen her one or two times before, uh, but she's got a, a big build kind of feels like a throwback to the Aja Kong days or whatever, which is nice when you're in there, you know, what, what you know, tends to be, you know, the current Joshi scene tends to be a lot of like similar bodies a very similar you know stature and stuff so it's nice to have somebody come out here that looks kind of you know like a throwback to the bold nakano days and the aja kong days or whatever and works that style too so uh it was cool to see shiri who's got a you know real background in terms of mma and and and, and martial arts or whatever go out there and they just yeah they beat the hell out of each other so it's, i'm always going to gravitate to that uh in these styles of matches and this one's 16 minutes uh i'm gonna go four and a half on this one i really 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 like this uh, i feel like a lot of other people are not going to do that and and when i did give that rating to, you know, Joshi fans. They were like, whoa, really? Unbelievable. I didn't, I didn't think anything of that match. I didn't think it was that good, but I don't know. It just hit me on a, on a certain level. Uh, it's kind of the stuff that I would like to see more uh, out of uh, uh, the Joshi style. So, or, or, or Joshi companies that I watch. So yeah, I don't know. I, I really like that match. Uh, so slightly ahead of the world of stardom title match, the, the main event. Uh, and then the, uh, the, the, the Mercedes match, the IWGP women's title match, uh, Mercedes money losing the title to Mayu Iwatani, a bit of a, uh, maybe an upset to some people. I don't know. Uh, this, I, I don't know. It didn't quite land with me. And I think what you can tell is how this match is probably not good. And I think a lot of people are probably afraid to say like, eh, it was okay. Cause it was just okay. It just never hit a, a certain level. It was kind of over pretty quick. It was only 13 minutes. It just never seemed to have a really good back and forth or, or cohesion is that all these other matches that I've talked about, like there is a match earlier in the show that has an 8.22, uh, there's an artist of stardom title match with the tag team or, 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 or uh, uh, a six person uh, title. And that has an 8.05, uh, a wonder of stardom match that I didn't really think was all that good was an 8.83. Uh, the knockout submission match that I talked about was an 8.74 and the main event is at a 9.23 on cage match. This Mercedes Mayu Iwatani match is a 7.92, which I think is a pretty glaring number there to say that people, even, even when I think people really, really overrate a lot of Joshi stuff, at least in, in, in my opinion, 
this match is still not even getting that high ratings. It's like, eh, yeah, it's fine. You know, it's, and it was, it just was fine. Um, I think of Mercedes things. I like the Kyrie match the most. I think that was to me far and away the best of, of all of them. But I don't know. This just didn't, it didn't work. And I'm, I'm watching it thinking, all right, this, this isn't quite getting for me. And then it was just over. And I was like, oh, Okay, it's over then. It, it it's it ends very abruptly. It, it it's I don't know. It's a it's a strange match and a match that um I don't know. I don't know what happened here. I don't know. It just didn't click. And my Tommy, I've seen her before and she's good. And Mercedes is obviously very good. It's just on this night with these two people, with this grouping, whatever it was, it just didn't work. Uh so I, I was, yeah, probably three and a half on it or whatever, if I'm if I'm being honest. Like probably nothing more than that. And I think on the rest of the show, like everything else I saw, the the stuff that was good was like, you know, okay, good to good. But it was really those two matches that stood out to me that I was like, okay, this this I'm what I'm watching here uh is pretty damn special here. And that's yeah, again, the knockout or submission only match, uh, and then the main event, the world of starting match between uh, Tam Nakano and and, and and Nakano and uh Julia are definitely ones that uh, go out of your way. Uh, to watch those and uh, hell if you're going to watch them all you might as well watch the Mayu Itani versus Mercedes matches to see Mer- I mean you know how many more of these Mercedes matches are you going to get we don't know we'll talk about that uh, I guess in a sec but uh, you at least have to watch her if she's uh, she's there in stardom so uh, that was yeah that was the all-star queen uh, grand queendom again we have a, a full review uh, up at voices of wrestling.com and, and jumping bomb audio this week we'll we'll surely be covering it uh, as well on the voice wrestling podcast uh, network. So there we go, Joe. I don't know if you have any other thoughts or any other um, discussions uh, about the stardom. I guess we can talk about Mercedes and her contract, I suppose, if, if you want to. Uh, how did you want to uh, follow up here? What do you want to do next? Well, she's going to get at least two more matches because they've set up this tournament at Resurgence, which she's going, going to win. It's for the New Japan Strong Women's title. So um, she takes on Stephanie Vakir. I'm not familiar with this wrestler. Yeah, I think she's from CMLL, round. but I don't I don't believe that I've ever ever seen her. And then it's Willow Nightingale and Momo Kogo. Okay. Uh, in the other match, um, it feels like Money is going to win that and win the New Japan Strong Women's title. So now we have the IWGP Women's title, which is Mayu Iwatani. We have 19 different stardom titles, which... You know, I don't follow the company, so you know, I'm, I'm not going to artist of world of now. princess. This, yeah, you don't know, yeah, it's fine. And and now we've got the New Japan Strong Women's Title all under the same Bushi Road umbrella. Seems a little excessive to me, but it's interesting that it looks like they're going to belt up uh, money right away again with uh, the New Japan Strong Title, which obviously, if she does win it, she would have all of her defenses here because it's obviously based in the United States. The the strong deal, so. Um, you know, this is all part of the plan. They want her to be the centerpiece of these American shows. So um, it looks like they're going to uh, try that. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if she doesn't win this tournament. And um, and away we go. Now, as far as the uh, stardom show, I'm not going to watch it, obviously. I don't have any interest in watching it. I will watch the Money-Iwatani match. I will find that and seek it out because it's Money. And I'm interested in Money. I'm going to watch every match she wrestles on this, you know, however long this lasts with this Bushi Road deal. So I will seek that match out and watch it. Um, I don't know. You might have talked me into the main event. I think you should watch the main I might event. Give that a shot. I, I think you should watch the main event. I, I, there's a little bit of a story aspect of it as well that might be lost on you if you don't. Because I, I, you know, I don't watch Stardom regularly, but but I do edit. You know, the pieces that that go up on Voice to Rest in a comment. Scott Edwards has done a really good job of kind of cataloging that feud. I don't know if that'll help you or not. Like maybe just go in and watch it. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think 
even though I rated the knockout or submission only match better, I think you will enjoy the Tam Nakano Julia match a little bit better. Does that make sense? You know, the day of the show, there was show of the year talk, and there's people throwing six, seven, eight matches into their notebooks with this. And I'm thinking, man, I got to watch this show. I just, I, now I have to watch it because this sounds like an all time great show. The cage match ratings that you went over. But the thing about it is, you and I have pretty similar tastes. So when you told me that there were really only two matches that you really thought were great and the rest was, uh, you know, pretty good, but nothing spectacular, that cooled me off on it. I don't think I need to watch this show. Yeah, like, like I'll just show. tell you right now, the Wonder uh, of Stardom title match an 8.83 on cage match, Mina Shirakawa versus Saya Kamatami. No, do not. I am fr- not watching this. I'm like, Joe yeah. is going to fucking hate this match so much. Yeah. And I even though it's got it's it's bumping up against a nine on cage match, I would never in a million billion years recommend that match to you so i, I i'm yeah, careful i'm very careful about you. what i recommend and yes I, and i trust you and i have too much to watch and i'm always behind and i'm not going to waste my time with this stuff that i'm just not going to like um and i'm, I'm just never you know i'm not going to watch stardom i just i'm not interested in it i can't muster the enthusiasm to start watching this company because whenever i watch the matches they're perfectly fine and you're recommending the stuff that you think i'm gonna like the best and i just think they're all right you know and I've never buried a match that you've told me to watch. I've never buried. I've I've liked every match that you've told me to watch, but I've never liked them as much as because I don't have the investment. And these Joshi fans, let's be honest, they overrate shit. I mean, they're very passionate. They love this stuff. And more than any other group of fans, I think they overrate the stuff that they watch. So which is fine. You like what you like and get into it. Get into it. Okay. I'm all about it. But. I know I'm not going to like this stuff as much as 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 some of these other people have after hearing what you had to say. Right. And also be now, OK you, with other people not getting into it like that, that, that. And that tends to be a yeah. very big problem in this. In, the, in that scene is like, well, you know, why don't you get you, know, you should get it? <laughs> it's like, well, I, I, I'm going to be I'm going to be completely honest. Part of the reason. First of all, Tokyo Joshi Pro is a complete non-starter. OK, that is never happening because. I think people even understand how that's never, ever in a million fucking years ever going to be for me. But so set that aside. But part of the reason I'm, I have to be completely honest that part of the reason that I am hesitant to give stardom more of a chance is because their fans are toxic. I, I, yeah. I and I don't want to deal with it. And, I, and, and I'm weekly not we get demands that we need to cover. You must cover stardom now. And, and it's like, well, no, and I'm not, and I'm not saying our listeners that are fans are toxic. Yeah, right, right. What I'm saying is if we start reviewing stardom shows on this show and I start burying Rich, when I bury shit, I bury it. We talked about this. We don't we don't we don't go easy on shit if we don't think it's good. And we don't care who who but these fans are so toxic, I don't want any part of it. I don't want Reddit threads started about me. I don't want people coming at me. I don't want shit sent to my house. I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want anything to do with it. And I know I'm really not gonna like this stuff all that much. And it's gonna and and it's just I'm gonna add more to my plate when I know that I'm not really into it. And here's the thing: if you truly love stardom and you love the Joshi, I, I'm flattered that you want me to watch it and review it and give my opinions on it and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, why do you want me to dump on something that you love? Right. You you, you want validation, happen. but then you also are gonna be very upset. You're not if gonna it's, get it. Yeah. Though. Right. Right. That's the thing. Because I know what I like and I trust what Rich is telling me and and you're not going to get that validation. I'm going to end up shitting on it and I'm just going to piss it off because it's not going to connect with me 
the way that it connects with you. So I'm just being dead serious. I, I and I'm not interested, and I just cannot muster the interest or enthusiasm to get into it. Well, what you I know, always tell people about I, that is, well, you're in luck because we have a Joshi specific podcast on this network called Jumping Bomb Audio that you can listen to biweekly. And we also have reviews of every major show from Joku Joshi Pro and Stardom previews, big time columns. We cover it better than anybody else on the website. So we're, we're, we're I mean, like maybe Joe and I aren't going to sit down and do hour long segments about it. That's OK. Like we're still this website is still covering it. There are other places with 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 people that are passionate about it and have investment in it that are covering it like the, the, the weird like scalp thing that they want us to do. It's like, again, like I appreciate it. I think it's cool that like you really but like, yeah, it's I don't know. flattering. It really is. And flattering. I watch it like I watch a it's, lot of it and I always tell people are like, well, why don't you watch it? I'm like, I watch it and I bring the stuff that I think is interesting or or relevant I bring it up when I do watch it but a lot of times I don't and it's like I don't know do you want me to bring it up every week and go hey I watched the show and I thought most of this stuff sucked all right Joe you know like uh, you know when it when it's relevant or when I think it's it's when it's a big show in Yokohama Arena yeah I'm gonna watch it I'm gonna talk about it and I'm gonna you know give you the matches that I recommended but yeah we're we're not beholden to anything or any we've never been on this show we we do what we want to do so it's like you can keep yelling at us but it's not gonna happen I don't want this to be confrontational with the listener, but they always ask, why aren't you covering it? Why aren't you talking about it? Well, so I'm telling you, I have to talk about things I'm interested in. And and I, I cannot be interesting if I'm not interested. That's the bottom line. I firmly believe in that. Right. We always talked about if we, if we I, would make so much more money if we reviewed Raw every single week. But I'd, I'd it would be awful audio because I'm not interested in watching Raw every week. Yeah. And it's like, and then the, the counter always seems to be, well, why do you spend so much time on the NWA? And I'm going to explain to you. I don't have any doubt that Stardom is a better promotion than the NWA. Of course it is. I, yeah, of course it I is. I don't have any doubt that if I watch Stardom, every Stardom show, and I would think that it's vastly superior to the NWA. But I'm not interested in Stardom. And I, and I can't fake my enthusiasm or interest in something that I'm just not interested in. It. The NWA, even though it's terrible, and I come on here and tell you it's terrible, I'm interested in it. It, there's a curiosity factor there, and there's I'm interested in talking about it because I am attracted to the history of those letters and the lineage and this wacky path that it has taken since 1991 when WCW, you know, split their <laughs> split off from deep it. dive, deep dive on flagshippatreon.com, by the way. We just did a deep dive on that. I am interested in it. And that, not because it's good, because I find it interesting. And I find it interesting. I will follow the skeletal remains of the NWA until I die. I will, because I find it interesting. And I'm interested in the history and the legacy of the NWA title, how far it can sink when it makes a little revival. I'm interested in all that stuff. I find it interesting. And that's why we do the NWA. And it's, a, you know, and for other reasons too, it's an American promotion that has some visibility and those sorts of things. And it's shtick that we've been doing. From the beginning. <laughs> right. There's we're, that factor too. we're not beholden to anything. We are kind of beholden to the NWA because it's, it, we, we start our show talking NWA, you know, pretty early on and it's kind of fun to just kind of keep tracking it. And look, if we don't talk about it, nobody's going to talk about it. So I, I, I find it fun. Like you said, interesting. We, we, what we do on the show is we talk about stuff that's interesting. And that's one of the things that I think is a hallmark of this show. And we always, always, always talk about this, that we are not, 
ever going to stick to any one promotion, one type of wrestling, what, whatever interests us at this time, we're going to ebb and flow. And it pisses people off. We used to be the most pro New Japan for wrestling podcast you could find to the point where people thought that we were paid off by New Japan. And then two years later, everybody hated us because we didn't like New Japan enough. And we're like, eh, whatever. We used to be, oh, Tony Khan is paying these guys because they're so pro AEW. And now you have people trying to beat you up because you don't like AEW enough. You know what I mean? Like, that's a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but like, you know what I mean? Like it ebbs and flows and it's always going to be that way, but we're just going to come on here and every single week we're going to discuss things that we find interesting because we want to do an interesting show and not a boring show where we feel like we have to cover every single thing. And that's why we don't do reviews of Raw and SmackDown every single week or like some people do reviews of Raw and SmackDown three times in a week or whatever, because that's boring as fuck and I don't want to do that. Yeah. So anyway, um, hopefully this is the last time. I have to address this, but people keep asking. So I'm, I'm telling you, I just am not even the least bit curious or interested in stardom. I'm just not. And when I see like Mayu Iwatani come out to challenge Sasha Banks and she looks like a bum off the street, that doesn't help. I mean, it, she did nothing to make me interested in that match. And I, I always struggle and people tell me that's the gimmick. Okay. What but I don't like, gimmick? maybe I don't like the gimmick. <laughs> it's possible. I don't I, like the gimmick. It's very well known. I struggle with the, I'm too cool to care gimmick. I've never connected. I think if you don't care, why should I care? I've never, yeah, I, I ripped on Naito for years for, for that for, and said that that gimmick never connected with me. You know, the way he presented himself and how long did it take orange Cassidy to win me over? The guy has to go out there and kill himself every week on TV to win me over. Cause I don't like that kind of gimmick. I don't like this. Oh, eh, whatever. You know, oh, I guess I'm a pro wrestler. Oh, I guess I'm in a match. I, I, that, that never worked for me. I don't know why I'm picking on her specifically here, but, you know, that, that annoyed me a couple <laughs> weeks ago it. when she came out in her fucking pajamas looking like she didn't want to be there. That, you know, I, that doesn't connect with me. I'll, I would rather watch old Mid-South tapes. I'm sorry. I have very limited time, but I, I, I don't need to add this to my pile when I know I'm not interested in it. And I couldn't care less about... And I've, I've thought about it a lot. Like, um, you know, I hesitate to say it's hot because I don't think it's hot. But I, it's something that's quote-unquote hot. Oh, maybe I need to get to watch this and review it. I, I, I can't bring myself to do it. I'm just not interested. This could end up being the number one promotion in Japan someday, and I'm still not going to – I'm probably still not going to be into it. It just doesn't interest me. The way they present the product, uh, most of the talent in the company that I'm familiar with, I just – I'm not that interested in. So – I don't know. I, I feel like I shouldn't have to apologize because I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it's I it's weird, know, but that mean, yeah, if that's going to cost us some listeners, so be it. I, I will. I, you know, I'm never going to do things like you just explained. We could do things to maximize listeners and we've never done that. Right. We're going to do, we do show our show. We do our show. That we think is going to be, yes, we're going to do our show that we think we're going to be the most interesting and, and the chips are going to fall. And honestly, it's been a pretty successful formula. We're doing pretty okay. So whatever also, we're doing I watch is working. It too. It's the other thing too. People are like, you guys ever cover yeah, it? I'm like, I watch w- it. They're like, yeah, we want Joe to watch it. I'm like, well, okay. Like, <laughs> that, okay. If you just want the scalp of Joe watching stardom, then all right. I mean, it's probably not going to happen. But I, Listen, I tell Rich all the time. You, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I say, if you want to talk about it, we'll do a segment. Yeah, I can, that's, that happened this I week. Will, I said stardom. You said, I haven't watched it. I'm not going to watch it. If you want to do it, we'll do it. And I, we're doing it. We yeah. just did it. <laughs> like, 
I said I will take on the Brian Alvarez role and walk you through the card, and you can tell everybody what you thought of Star. <laughs> Rich All Star Dream, <laughs> All Star Grand yeah. Queendom. <laughs> Go. And I would make it. In- Listen, I was more than willing, but instead you didn't want to do it that way. You said no, no, no. I'll just talk about it, and I was like, okay, that's fine. So I got up and took a piss. I got myself a drink of water. I, you talked about the show. I came back, heard you talk about the back end, but. I would have walked you through the card and I would have asked questions that I thought were interesting for the listeners. You know, I, we've done that before. Yeah. Like when you go to AAW shows or whatever, you know, we know what we're doing here. We've been doing it for 12 years. Okay. But you know, Rich said, no, nah, don't worry about it. I'll just talk about it. And that was fine too. So you got your little startup segment and Rich, Rich watches it and we, we can keep doing this. That's fine. You know, I just don't want to do this speech every time. Yeah, please. This okay. is the last time. We're done with this. We We're used to talk about Chikara and Lucha Underground, too, and we stopped. Why? We weren't interested anymore. When we ceased being interested in Chikara and Lucha Underground, you never heard about it again on this show. I, you know, I can't talk about something I'm not interested in. So this is what we will do moving forward. Right. GCW. We used to cover to every major GCW show and then we just stopped. <laughs> after the, we lost interest. After the Hammerstein, we said, all right, we're done. And we're done. We haven't done yep. it. After Hammerstein, Rich and I said, you know what? This fucking stinks. Do you want to keep watching this? And we were both like, no. really." And that was it. No more GCW. There's been a couple uh, AAA shows that have been pretty big. I think they just had a fake Triple Mania that uh, I didn't watch. And I'm not going to watch it. Triple A sucks. Great example. Rich has hand-waved Triple A. I have not. Okay? Now, last week they had Triple Mania. I didn't get around to watching it because there was so much going on. But I would have talked about it if had I watched it. Similar to how Rich is still locked into stardom, and he'll talk about the stardom. So you'll get your stardom talk out of Rich when it warrants it, and you'll probably still get some AAA talk out of me when it warrants it. And then he will turn into the one walking me through the card, because he don't want to watch AAA anymore. I'm not going to make him watch it. I'm not going to try to talk him into watching it. Why? He's, he's, he doesn't want to watch it, so it's not going to be interesting if he watches it and talks about it. Anyway, are we done chastising the listeners? Can I think we, we are. Yes. Thank else? you all uh, for, for, for listening. By the way, if you want more of us, uh, flagship patreon.com, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling or voices of wrestling dot com slash patreon. A lot of great bonus coverage uh, coming up. You obviously get live flagships, with it, which is tremendous. Uh, I just started my brand new series called Sky's the Limit, recapping the Cruiserweight Classic. Yes, it's been seven years since the Cruiserweight Classic, which doesn't seem that long ago, but also seems like a long time ago. So I started that series. I did an episode zero, giving you some background and history uh, of the Cruiserweight Classic and uh, some some interesting uh, people have loved it so far. And I think a way that we're going to cover this that that, you know, as as we like to do and and, and as we you know type to tend to cover things, I'm not just going to do, hey, here's this match and it was good. OK, no, I'm digging in real deep to the history of the, the, the Cruiserweight Classic, why it existed, the real reason it happened, the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, all that other stuff, and then exactly exhaustive details about every single wrestler that was in the cruiserweight classic as well because i find that absolutely fascinating and hilarious so that's up there sky's the limit uh that just started that's a brand new series that's going to run over the next couple of weeks uh we have a brand new match of the week just an insane match of the week that you picked uh this week which you know you got to see to believe that that's i don't even want to talk about it you just got to see it to believe it it is an absolutely fascinating hey um, rich did you know did you know that match existed no no idea zero yeah i read it and i went Every name, I was like, all right, it's Mike Cretundo. Okay. Barry Win. Okay. <laughs> Rio Miyaki. Uh, all right. <laughs> In IWA 
Japan against Jim Duggan, Animal War. What is going on with this man? No, zero idea. First off, did I didn't know that IWA Japan was around in 2004. So that was the first. And then, yeah, this match just felt like you were, you were just puking out names into it. And I was like, that can't be possible. Hit the play. It's possible. And then, on, and, then on top of, and, then on, and then on top of that, it was Mike Rotundo's retirement match. <laughs> right? and then it's, yeah, Mike Rotundo wearing a WCW with the, the with WCW, he's wearing a shirt that says WCW with a red X around her. It's crossed out WCW in 2004. <laughs> it's like, what? Are, what angle are you pulling here? What is going on? And yeah, it's Mike Rotundo's retirement match. So um, what in, in the world? IWA Japan, <laughs> which is <in> still, 2004, <laughs> which still exists in 2004 for some reason. And it sucks, by the way, that sh- that match sucks. It's not good, but it is fascinating to watch and discuss it. So that that's all going on right there, too. So. Against no efforts, Road Warrior Animal, Jim Duggan, who doesn't give a fuck, and fake Razor Ramon hard guess. <laughs> right, I was going to say, and, and, and the final the guy opponent. is the guy who would eventually become Razor Ramon hard gaze, fake rival, fake hard gay. <laughs> so it's incredible. Yes. Yeah, with Ted DiBiase as the referee. <laughs> right, of course, of course. Yeah, every every time a new thing happened, I was like, what, 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 really, what, really, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and then, of course, I am sure IWA Japan paid for the rights to money, 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 <laughs> oh, money, certainly. money. Right. The Money Inc. Dun, theme, dun, yeah, of course. Dun, yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they paid for the rights, and, and it was all on the up and up, and um that was Mike Rotundo's shoot retirement. <laughs> right, right. That's it. Like he worked a couple, uh, like um, convention, like reunion kind of. You know, those aren't real matches. You right, know what right, I mean? right. Like uh, legend. Like well, that was like his last real match. Like it was a shoot retirement match. Right. I also love the um, the uh, opportunity to bring the U.S. Express back because I'm sure all those fans at Cork and yes. all. <laughs> in May of 2004, we're like, "Oh my God, the U.S. Express finally back together." Rich, gets- I, you know, I'll take it a step further. They were a regular team for a while, Rotundo and Wyndham, redoing the U.S. Express ten years after their peak. Uh huh. And, and I, I, I don't know. I'm almost positive they used Hogan's WWF theme. <laughs> well, they did. The U.S. Express, Japan. yeah. The original U.S. Express, if people do not know. The, the fun trivia fact is, yeah, the uh, Real American was for the U.S. Express, not for Hulk Hogan. And they used it on that run is what I'm saying. The IWA yeah. Japan run in 2004, they used Real American. It's incredible. Um, while they wrestled in pants and T-shirts. And <laughs> that didn't said didn't no take WCW. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Barry Windham was still wearing his like West Texas rednecks get up. But. No, you know what it was? He 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 brought back out his uh his stalker. Oh, stalker! Like WWF stalker. You're right. It is the WWF stalker. It was the camo pants and um, just incredible low effort because what it was, it's when Muto took over all Japan from Baba's wife in 2003 or whatever it was. Muto wanted to change over the crew, so he got rid of all the Gaijin leftovers from the Baba era, which was all these guys. And he brought in, you know, um, like Bull Buchanan and Jamal, that era of all Japan. Yeah, D'Lo, like, Jamal, yeah. Bull Buchanan. D'Lo, yeah. yeah got, and so all these old holdovers, Steve Williams, they all jumped to IWA Japan because they brought in Steve Williams as as the uh, like the uh, the old Carl Anderson role in New Japan. Like the American, like I guess similar to Rocky Romero's role now, but not maybe not quite as pronounced, you know, that he has in New Japan. So Steve Williams was booking the foreigners and he brought in all his old cronies that used to work all Japan. <laughs> yeah. You know? So he, he brought in giant Kimala too and George Hines and 
and Mike Rotundo and all these guys and uh, and all his old buddies from <laughs> Jesus Christ and all these old guys from the states like like Jim Duggan and all these people. Jim Duggan was their was their champion for <laughs> yes, a while. He, was. <laughs> he won the IWA Japan title. So um, you know, and 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 but but he brought all these guys in and they were all at the end of the road and none of them gave a fuck. Like didn't give a fuck. You have to watch this match for it to be believed. And that's how it always was. Like in these, I, you know, you want to call it the dying days of IWA Japan, but they didn't fold until 10 years later. <laughs> Which is unbelievable to me. I, I'm, I'm stunned that these fuckers lasted now, until 2014. Now, to be fair, they ran very sporadically. You know, once it hit like 2008, they started to run very sporadically, maybe a couple shows a year. But technically, they didn't shut it down until 2014. Which is fucking insane to think about. This is the IWA Japan, like Victor Quinones. Yeah, Victor Qu- the, the successor to King Wing. of Deathmatch yeah. tournament. Like, <laughs> the the, the follow-up to Wing. The the competitor, the rival of uh, uh, FMW, yes, IWA Japan. Right, like For, that same promotion is what we're talking about here. Kawasaki anyway, Dream. The, the Kawasaki Dream yes, show Kawasaki. is IWA. That's IWA. The tape that all of you have, that show. Like, that... that, that Anyway, that was the match of the week, the Mike Rotundo retirement. <laughs> in IWA Japan in 2004 with Ted DiBiase uh, as the special referee and Razor Ramon Hardgay's longtime rival, fake Hardgay, as, as a member of the, yes. of the group, too. Yeah, so that that's there. But plenty of other stuff up there as well. The Thursday Dynamite Reviews every single week. As you said, live flagships, instant reaction lives for all the major AEW shows. I uh, obviously covered WrestleMania weekend like nobody else did. So, yeah, a ton of great audio up there uh, for you right there. The Review Roulette, I should mention as well you've been doing those as well written recaps of uh reviewing a, a bunch of different shows you did ring of honor and honor club uh nwa power and uh the most recent AEW rampage as well so that's all up there at uh at uh flagship patreon.com patreon.com slash voice wrestling and voices of wrestling.com slash patreon five dollar tier uh for all the bonus audio ten dollar tier for all the written and live content as well as everything you know, else i just thought of something i just thought of something I'm going to start reviewing stardom, but behind the paywall. <laughs> there you go. Put it on a $50 tier. You, you fuckers want stardom reviews? Pay up. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I could see the dollar signs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You and money. <laughs> the cash yeah. register soundbite will be going nuts. Yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, Can I, I just it. say her promo, her promo was so cringe. Did you see her promo? Uh, her promos. Yeah, uh, her promos are all bad. Yeah, I don't I don't know what. She's never been a good promo. No, she's particularly bad in this run. It has been an honor to be the CEO. (laughs) It's like, okay. No, what she said is she goes, she said, um, I am disappointed. I lost. I feel bankrupt, but I called my CPA and don't worry. I'm still rich. Oh my God. Listen, that's the music. All right. I understand it's the gimmick. But it's so cartoonish, and it like I don't know. There's something about it, and and again, she's never been a a good promo. I mean, so um, you know that's never been her strength. But she's kind of like really leaning into the gimmick hard, and it was really cringe. But um, yeah, I don't know. It looks like she's gonna win this uh, this new belt that they've created, um, probably specifically for her, right? I mean, 
I you know, think well. so. Yeah, the, the stuff with her contract is kind of weird because I don't know if you, you you followed it, but like when she was done with this uh, th- this match here and she lost the women's side, everybody was like, "Oh, what does that mean?" And then they're like, "Don't worry, she signed a new contract." And everybody was like, "She loves Japan. See, she loves Japan. She's never gonna leave." And there she is, drinking tea and wearing a kimono, like she's never leaving Japan. And then like as reports started coming out, they're like, "Yeah, the deal's like for like one more match in Japan and then maybe another match in America." But that's it. like so. Other than that, she's like a free agent at, at a very very not that far point from now so it's like i all i know is you know based on these promos this idea that she's going to be the next greta garbo i mean we we really need to pump the brakes on that i mean this you know so that's another thing like everyone thinks she's just going to go take over hollywood Hollywood. yeah the idea that you just go to hollywood you just show up in hollywood and go i'm here i was a the bit of a bit of a bit player in the mandalorian hello give me top roles uh not exactly how it works (laughs) <laughs> yeah I mean, now you're just you're you just know. coming up with new names aren't you <laughs> why what's wrong with Greta Garbo yeah I guess she li- yeah yeah how late how late was she still in in you know in Hollywood what would you say 40s <laughs> when did she stop having movie I guess a little bit later than that right I mean, her heyday was like right when the <laughs> it was started, like the 20s so. it was like the talkies so that's not great but yeah I think All she lasted right. until the Listen. 40s so granted it's not the most up-to-date reference but it's what came to mind what do you want from me <laughs> right. what, I'm, know, I'm like, certain she yeah. got her start uh, i'm sh- certain she started in the silence and then transitioned over to the talkies which is an incredible reference for you so uh, you know M- money is not going to be given rita hayworth a run for her money let's no, be honest no certainly okay? not so that you like rita hayworth a little better uh, uh you know yeah, yeah woman? That's, that's great at least she okay. was all talkies i believe so as opposed to credit rita hayworth uh, well, I, no, uh, she was like the 40s and 50s. Rita Hayworth. She's no, younger but, than Greta Garbo. Yeah, but I, th- I think all of her. No, I'm saying all of her stuff was was talkies like. Who do you want? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. No, I just yeah, want, yeah, I yeah, want yeah. you to imagine somebody who didn't start in the silent film era. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm saying. Like somebody that was a talkie from the beginning, as I think Rita Hayward was definitely. I don't was. know why you guys are all over me. These are obviously great actresses. And that's really the point of the comparison. Yes. Right? So, I think uh, Rita was a, I, a famous pinup as well. You 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 always yeah, like to mention pinups. Right. Yeah, I think uh, the uh, our, our boys overseas uh, were, were, were kept yes, they very, very happy by uh our, uh, the Doughboys overseas were cut very happy by uh, pictures of, of Rita Hayward there, on their walls. So There was many a load jacked out by a serviceman <laughs> right. to Rita Hayworth during, during the big one, right? During the big one. And also probably Korea, I would say as well, right? She probably lasted. Oh, I think, into, yeah, she was uh, probably, yeah, she was probably still getting. The Korean conflict, right? Yeah, she probably <laughs> yeah, the, 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 yeah I'm sure yeah. she was still getting some work in Korea too. So Definitely World War Two is her. For sure, 100% her, like, World War II. Yeah, I, don't, I can't confirm Korea. Maybe maybe the taste had changed by then, but uh, uh, right, certainly right. World War Two. For, for was like Elizabeth Taylor in the mix by Korea? Like I don't know. What if, if I look at Korean Taylor? War pin-up models and see who comes up? Is that a thing? That yeah, but uh, it's not really. Well, uh, when was Liz Taylor? Uh, maybe she might have been a little later than I think. She yeah, uh, she was a little 50s. later. Um, she was born in 1932, so yeah, yeah. it might have been a little early for Elizabeth yeah. Taylor. Um. You know, and, and and Audrey Hepburn a little too classy for that. No, I think no, I, yeah, you needed some salacious. Yeah, th- these guys are these guys are at war, man. They need you know. Yeah, they need something dirty. Right? Yes, like, yes. Audrey Hepburn's a little too classy. For yeah, they they need a, a little Betty Page in their life. They don't need you know. 
beautiful woman though, Audrey Hepburn. Beautiful. Oh, for sure. But yeah, they don't need beauty. They need just raw sexuality. Need, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely. They need Marilyn Monroe. That's what you're right. Need. These are the yeah, dope boys. Man. They, they got nothing. You know, they got... that's Korea. That's the Korea. Yes. Boy. Marilyn yes, Monroe. Yes, How'd we miss yes. that? How'd we miss that? That's the one. No doubt about it. Um, but what would you like me to say? Who do you want me to go with? This? <laughs> no, Julia no, Roberts? No, 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 no. Like, who's the modern <laughs> one? Who is it? I don't know. We've had this discussion. I don't know. I don't know Jennifer who it is. Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. But no, I'm saying, no. like, she's not a great actress, right? She just, she gets a lot of action, but she gets work. But she's no Greta Garbo. I mean, I don't think anyone's comparing Jennifer Lawrence to, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, she's a, uh, I don't know. I just. I don't view who who's the great actress. What you want me to go with Meryl Streep? You like Meryl Streep? That's a good one, right? Yeah. Well, the, the, the days. Well, what I mean, like, what your point is, the days of like this woman is in every movie. You know what I mean? Like the the for the next five years, every movie that's a major movie is going to have this woman in it. Like that that just doesn't exist anymore. And my point is a great actress. Yes. Okay. This is no different than when I say she's no Akira Hokuto. This is that what I'm doing, except <laughs> I got you, I got for you. whatever reason, my my brain goes right to someone who was in the 1940s. I don't know why, <laughs> right. but it's the same thing. You know, like that's what I'm trying to do. So but you always give me a hard time. So if you want me to use a modern actress, you got to give me an example. Who's the great modern actress? Who is it? That's the problem. Yeah, right? I got nothing. I got nothing for who, you. Who are you going to go with? Right. I don't know. <laughs> So my brain just goes Grace Kelly. What do you want from me? That's fair. That's fair. All right, let's. Uh, we got a few more minutes of the show, so let's at least get to uh, a few of these other things here. So uh, recent big matches in New Japan Pro Wrestling this morning. Uh, the Intergalactic Jet Setters defeated Catch 2 2 uh, to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team titles. as Kushida uh, and Kevin Knight getting the win. Big spot for Kevin Knight, and I thought he, he did well. Uh, I thought the match was pretty. Good. I, I, I like this match a lot. The Jet Setters and Catch 2-2. Uh, what did you think of this one quickly uh, this morning? Uh, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Titles. Well, it was great. I thought the top two matches on this show were both great. I would go somewhere in the range of four and a half on both of these matches. The tag and the uh, the junior title match with uh, with Hiromu and, and Kanemaru. Um The tag match, you had accidental blood with TJP. And there's something about the accidental blood where these wrestlers just turn it up a notch. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they get fired up. We saw it with Kyle Fletcher. We see it all the time in America. And TJP, who was already excellent in that match, his opening grappling with Kushida in that match was Oh, that was charts. fucking great. Yeah, that was awesome stuff. And I'm not even a big mark for that most of the time because guys just usually go through the motions. But Kushida and TJP, just they were killing it with the grappling early. It made sense. It was logical. It looked like they were really, there was a struggle. Um, you know, and then uh, I thought TJP was great in the match. And then when he got busted open, he got even better. And, um, you know, they, 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 you know, they, I thought it was a phenomenal match. And I thought the, uh, the main event, you know, it took a while to grab me, but that's often how it is with Kanemaru. He's a sneaky, great wrestler who his matches are very much a, um, it's like a, it's like cooking a meal, like a chili, or like if you're trying to uh, caramelize onions, okay? It's got to be low and slow, right? You can't rush the process if you're caramelizing onions or if you're making a good soup or a chili or something like that. The key is low and slow. A brisket, 
another good comparison. You know, it's got to be low and that's Yoshinobu Kanemoro. He's low and slow. And by the end of the match, everything he did made sense. And it all comes together. And it's like this beautiful build to a crescendo. And then, he, you know, he's working those figure fours. He hits the deep impact and, and Hiromu kicks out. And, uh, you know, it's just, it ended up being a match that I thought was, eh, this match is pretty good, but this is like a three-star match. And then by the end of the match, I'm going bonkers. And I'm like, this motherfucker is like 50 and he's still so great. Right. And Hiromu was, Hiromu was so good in that too. Hiromu was good. But yeah, keep on going on Kanemura though. Keep on going on Kanemura though. Cause this, this was his, this is his victory lap here. Yeah, and it's his first title match he's had in the company, singles title match, you know, and he's never been a guy that they've really gotten behind. Damn, is that really true? Singles, that's true. And Holy because shit! He's been in the, he's been in the tag title mix, but he had never been in the singles title mix, and you know he he he, uh, and you know now with the just five guys and those guys are all getting pushed, and um, man, this was his best singles match in ages. I mean, I, I'd have to go back to maybe Noah. Like, you know, to find a singles match that he had that was this great. And, um, you know, so I can't even choose between the two, uh, which one I preferred. I'd go four and a half range on both of those matches. I, I really thought uh, both of the top two were were phenomenally worked matches that were that were uh, borderline almost getting towards match of the year level, but didn't quite get there. That's how I would describe uh, both of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm right with you, and I think Hiromu, you know, speaking to him on that match, it did a tremendous job selling his knee, and this is a knee match. Like, Kanemoro, uh basically kind of, you know, chicken shit it, you know, as, as he normally would do. They started, they grappled a little bit. Like you said, it took a little bit to get going at the beginning, and then, you know, Kanemoro goes outside the ring, Takahashi follows him, uh, Kanemoro slides in as Takahashi is walking into the ring, Kanemoro drop kicks him into the leg, and then the rest of the match is just Yoshinobu Kanemoro just being an absolute prick and just trying to destroy this guy's leg, and Hiromu Takahashi did a great job of selling it as well, uh, writhing and pain during all the submissions, Kanemoro just beating on him and beating on him and beating on him, uh, and then, yeah, finally, you know, the worm turns, and, and, and Hiromu does get the win uh eventually but uh, yeah go out of your way to watch but i i'd say both of them I, I i'm right with you uh i don't know that i could say that i liked one more than the other i think i liked both equally amount which is like you know four and a quarter plus uh for both of them i just thought was, was really 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 good stuff and uh definitely keep note of uh, kevin knight i thought this was a a big spot for him and i was kind of like all right how's he gonna do in this spot this is the biggest role that he's been in uh and he i thought he did great i thought kushida looked great there too so yeah they, they've you know they really hit on this guy the, the kevin knight and and it felt like he was kind of just floating there and not doing anything this kushida run has been great i i think it's been a cool little team catch two two are fucking great like if not for bishamon like catch two two is probably it's like bishamon aussie open then you know that might be the top two uh, Catch Two Two's right there is like one of the best tag teams in the world. Uh, uh, TJ and, and Akira. So, uh, yeah, definitely go out of your way to watch both of those from this morning's uh, New Japan show if you get a chance. And then uh, a few other things coming up from New Japan over the next couple of well, days. One of my, yeah, one go, of my, go ahead. I know we're running short on time. I know we're running short on time. But one of my big points was going to be that I think maybe the two best tag teams in the world right now are both in United Empire with Catch Two Two and Aussie Open. Fair, totally fair. Um, I thought TJP was phenomenal with Kushida in this match. And they were mostly paired off with one another with Akira paired off with Knight and um, Akira is so improved. And I was disappointed they lost, you know, if catch two, two would have won this match. It's very likely that they would have broken the all time record for longest IWGP junior title reign. 
had they won this match. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't really realize they were at that point. Because there probably wouldn't have been another match until after Super Juniors or whatever. You know, so they probably would have broken the record, and TJP talked about that. They did something weird. They did, like, a press conference for the two title matches before the show started in the ring, which I thought was bizarre. They've never done that before. And that was kind of the... Um, the crux of TJP's promo and how he was bragging that they're going to get past these guys and then break the record and all that. But, um, didn't happen. I'm disappointed they lost. Cause I thought they they've had a phenomenal junior title run, but yeah, the rest of the show, I will say, um, everybody works super hard on the rest of the show. I mean, I didn't think any of the tags were anything great, but they were all very good. And I would say, watch Hanare and Okan against Bolton and Lube. Man, that was a violent opener. I mean, just, they just, it was, it's the only way I could describe it. You know, they really went at those two kids and worked really stiff with them. And I thought it was very interesting. The Naito Doki match was, was not that good. It was fine, but it was a little sloppy. Naito went up for his uh, tornado DDT deal at one point and slipped off the ropes. But I'll tell you, they didn't go right back to the spot. Doki just beat him up, like went on the attack after he blew the spot. And I give them credit for that. You know, they didn't go back. They never went back to the spot, actually, um, which I thought was good. But uh, the match itself was just kind of there and had a couple moments like that that were a little sloppy. But, um, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the Hiroshima show. And they, they did the, the Super Junior. They announced the Super Junior blocks, but... Uh, do you want to do that now and then talk about Dantaku? Or, yeah, let's um, well real quickly uh, to uh, on the 29th rather. Uh, they're going to have yeah. a show. This is not a part of the Road to Wrestling Dontaku. It's it's another uh, uh, style show, but it's uh, two big matches on there. Uh, IWGP Tag Team Titles, Aussie Open defending against TMDK, uh, and also a New Japan King of Pro Wrestling title match. It's a Takagi style triad match, uh, Shingo versus Taichi, uh, and this is one of those ones where you can you can, you have to win three different ways. So you can win, you can get the first fall by pinfall, but then the next fall has to be, you know, submission or knockout. And if you tap the guy out the second time, then you got to do, you know, a, a, a knockout the next time. So you have to win via all, you know, three ways. So it's a, a cool little style and, and Shingo's goddamn as he made the most of this really terrible title. And, and, you know, I don't love that he's kind of embroiled in it and I wish he would be doing better and bigger stuff, but uh, he's made the most of it. Now they're actually main eventing a show with it and it's probably going to be pretty damn good uh, with him. Taiichi. So that is on the 29th. And then there's really, I, I don't think there's anything else of real note on the rest of the tour. Uh, so then you got Dontaku coming up on May 3rd. But we'll talk about that in a sec. Uh, let's talk about the best of the Super Juniors tournament, though. Uh, full lineup finally announced May 13th to May 28th. Uh, Hiromu has won the last three. So can he do it again? Can he make it four in a row? We'll find out. Uh, he is in the A block. Alongside him is Kushida, Arusuke Taguchi, Leo Rush, Duki, Titan, TJP, Taiji Ishimori, Show, and Speedball Mike Bailey. So the real, the ones that you kind of circle there, Titan, Leo Rush, and Speedball Mike Bailey as kind of the new blood uh, in this year's uh, Best of Super Juniors. I know Titan has done it a bunch of times, but you know he come, he, he'll sometimes come and go. But I think those are the three that I was like, oh, okay, those are interesting names. Yeah, Titan's one where you're not quite sure if he'll be in it. You think he probably will be being with LIJ, but uh, yeah, they did announce him. I think with Kushida, Leo Rush, Hiromu, TJP, and Speedball. That's Those good. five guys. Good-ass matches. They're going to all kill it against one another. Okay? Show's matches are all going to be bullshit with the wrench. 
Taiji Ishimori is, I'm done with him. He's lazy and doesn't care. Um, Teton will probably work openers and not get time. That's the problem with him. He'll, he'll work six-minute matches and not get time. If he works high on the card against one of those other five, he could have a good match. Same with Doki. If Doki gets the opportunities against those five, he can uh, have some good matches here. And Taguchi, I'm done with. I have absolutely no oh, use whatsoever. God, yeah, the, the, that's a conversation we could have in 2018, where it was like, all right, we're good, and I can't believe we're still having it. In 2023, go away, please, go away. But on the strength of those big five, and whether they can get something done with Doki and Teton based on card positioning, I do give the A block a slight edge on the B block, but. Let's see if you could talk me out of that. What's on the B block? Uh, the B block is El Desperado, Yo, Master Wato, Kevin Knight, Yoshinobu Kanemoro, Bushi, Robbie Eagles, Francesco Akira, Dan Maloney getting the big spot here, and Clark Connors. Um, I, I'm still A block. I think A block's got way more you know potential for really really good matches. But I'd say the B block is is kind of sneaky as well. You got Desperado in there. Uh, I'm not a big Watto singles guy, but you know whatever. I think Kevin Knight that'll be a, a interesting spot for him. Kanemura we just talked about, uh, and then Eagles, Akira, Maloney, and, and and Clark Connors I think all have you know potential. So I don't know. Like those the B block most of the matchups is like hey those could be pretty good. Whereas the A block I'm like oh that's gonna be good. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a bunch of matches yeah. in the A block. I'm like, oh, there is no doubt in my mind that Speedball Mike Bailey and Teton is going to rock. You know what I mean? Or no doubt in my mind that Leo Rush and TJP is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, is Dan Maloney and Clark Connors going to be good? I, I think so. I, I hope so. But I can't. I think there's a lot less like no doubters in the B block and a, a lot more potential for like, yeah, yeah, it could be pretty good. If, you know, if, if all the chips fall right or, or, or whatnot. So that's where I'm at with the B block. Yeah, Despy and Eagles, you don't have to worry about them. They're both going to be great. Okay. Did you see Eagles wrestled Claudio Castagnoli? Yeah, Ring of Honor. Yeah, that was, uh, I did not expect that at all. You want to get me to watch ROH? That's the kind of shit you need to do. So, anyway, SB and Eagles, they're going to be good. Um, Yo, Master Watto, and Francesco Akira. There's some, you know, they're not the locks that the five guys are in that A block that I talked about, but those guys can bring it. Right. Okay? Oh, for sure. The thing, the thing about the B block is you've got Maloney and Connors. Connors, I think, is going to get a big push in this block now that he's Bullet Club. So I think he's going to get a big push, and we'll see what he can do now that he's not doing that stupid Rhino Hunter fucking that dumb baby face oh, gimmick so he had. Bad. So we'll see now. I feel like they're going to push him. Maloney... I called this one in the Discord. Had a feeling he'd be in it once that Osprey invited him to United Empire and Rev. Um, you know, he's going to be out to prove himself. And you and I are fans of Maloney. I mean, he, you know, this guy under the radar has some kick-ass matches in Rev Pro. And um, he's another guy who, you know, depending on card positioning. Kanemaru, you know what he is in the Super Junior He's what people say Yano is in the G1, okay? Because Yano's shit is goofy and stupid and, you know, repetitive. Kanemaru always has super interesting matches that are completely off the wall in the Super Juniors, but he does it in a more serious style that connects better with me. Yes. Whereas Yano is just a clown, and I, I Yano's shit annoys me. Kanemaru has these outside-the-box kind of matches that can end at any time, you know, and they're very creative 
And a lot of times he's kind of like the this this weird glue of his block where you can count on him to have some wacky match. But then even if he has a real match, he has the potential to have a really good one. So B block's an interesting block. I think A block will peak higher because of those five guys, right? And you know Speedball and Leo Rush are going to be out to fucking kill it every night. But I think B block has a lot of interesting... Uh, has more interesting grit to it. With you, you'll know what you're going to get out of Maloney. Kanemaru is going to be interesting. Guys like Yo and Wato can go either way. So I think that there there's less dead weight in the B block because yeah, because Show. I mean, Show's the anchor of the A block, where it's like, well, every one of those guys is going to have a shitty match with Show and a shitty match with Taguchi. Well, Taguchi. So yeah, yeah. So it's like the B block. The only guy is really Bushi. And he's like just inoffensive in there. Like he's not going to have any good matches. But I'd rather watch Bushi than Sho or Taguchi. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, uh, Angry216 in the chat room brings up a great point. Kushida and Hiromu is a fun little match because it's five years after they had their big torch passing moment. And Hiromu's been the top dog in that division since then. And now Kushida's back. I think that's a a fun little matchup too. I didn't think about that uh, either. That's cool. I like that. I'm fucking jacked for this. I, it looks good. It looks real good on yeah, paper. It really and I does. think that some different people are going to get pushed here. And I think, you know, Leo Rush and Speedball and Dan Maloney are super interesting Love me. outsiders. Love me some Dan Maloney. Yeah. And, um, you know, I know he could have a great match with Akira. Um, you know, there's, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's looking good. And hopefully, you know, Hiromu's the champion. So I don't think he's going to win it, but you really never know. Um, they love having him win this tournament, but, um, you know, he'll probably go to the final. You would think either way. So is this Despi's year? Could this be Despi's year? I, mm, I, you know, I don't know. Could, could they go all the way with a Clark Connors and just give a, a rocket pack? You know, it's, it's weird. I, I could easily see Clark Connors also scoring like six points or getting a huge push. Cause it, it's, it's, it's weird. But um, I just don't see a lot of contenders to win the whole thing out of that B block. You know, Eagles just had a title match, and Kanemaru just had a title match. So it would have to be Despy, right? It would have to be. It's going to be anybody. I can't do Hiromu again, right? I'm sure we had the same Yo, conversation. I mean, but, but Yo, Yo just had a title match, too. Like, they yeah. all just faced Hiromu. Right. So... Unless they go all the way with why is Watto gonna win a super junior? I I mean, mm-hmm. he's much improved, but that'd really be pushing it, wouldn't it? I mean Or maybe Hiromu doesn't come out of the eight, but you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. But um I, I think the tournament looks really, really good. It looks like a lot of fun. Anyway. For sure. Uh, so there's that. Uh, Wrestling Dotaku again, May 3rd, uh, Fukuoka. Uh, you have the main event is going to be Sonata versus Hiromu, IWGP World Heavyweight title. Uh, never Open Weight Championship, Tama Tonga defending against David Finley. It's an interesting match there. Finley hopefully should win that one. Uh, Hiromu, no chance in hell that he's winning the World Heavyweight title, but interesting match there. Uh, never Open Weight Six Man Tag Team titles, Minoru Suzuki, El Desperado, and Ren uh, Narita, the strong style trio versus Okada, Ishii, and TB. TBA. Who's this TBA? What are we doing here? Uh, that's um, the Tanahashi injury, right? I so, think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know. 
the always always dangerous TBA uh, New Japan World TV Championship Zack Sabre Jr. versus Jeff Cobb uh, strong open weight championship Kenta versus Hikuleo uh, and then a bunch of the other stuff on the undercard that I don't yeah, talk about real quick if you really want to just but, a bunch of tags yeah, but um, tags. it's a uh, look well the young lion hat trick challenge looks like uh, yes it could be fun. yeah, but, um, <laughs> yeah. as far as the title matches go it just doesn't look like a great show in terms of you know you're going to get a bunch of fucking stars or whatever outside of i mean this you know even the main event i mean who knows with sonata right i mean i would like to think that hiromu could have a great match with him um but this doesn't look like a great bell to bell show on paper but you know uh i guess we'll see and then uh to close us out here uh champion carnival Real quick check in on uh, what's going on with the Champion Carnival, what we need to see, what we need to watch. I've not had a chance to watch any of it, Joe, but you have kept up with the Champion Carnival. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, what's the current state? What matches are kind of standing out? How, how's the tournament going uh, now as we're through seven nights here on uh, April 27th? So the attendance has been dire. All Japan basically is really just running weekends. And then they, they what they've been doing is running two shows on the weekend and then one midweek show at Cork in which and none of them are drawing. Um, so from that standpoint, that's not good. In terms of the matches from this week that I think people need to go out of their way, I had uh, Kojima versus um, Aoyagi from the 23rd. That I went four stars on. And Kojima versus Kento Miyahara from the 25th, which was great. I went four and a quarter on that. So um, the best wrestler in this tournament by far has been Yuma Aoyagi. And it's not even been close. Second is probably Miyahara, maybe Kojima, but that's not Aoyagi. He actually almost pulled out a fucking notebook match with Jun Saito. I mean, he is just wrestling his ass off in this tournament. And he got off to that great start, beating Miyahara and T Hawk in the first two nights. And remember, we talked about he's going to have to get upset a bunch or he's going to run away with the block. He's only won one other match since. So it's like, he, and now he's out of it. Like he's totally out of it. He's not, he can't win the block without a bunch of wacky double DQs. So he's effectively out of the tournament, which is a bit of a surprise. It's going to come down to Miyahara, Ryuki Honda, which was the big surprise, and T Hawk. They're the last three guys in the mix in the A block. And I got uh, uh, Gerard DeTrolio, no relation to Finn DeTrolio. Um, he broke down all the scenarios. So in the A block, it's actually pretty simple. You don't have to cue the Benny Hill music, okay? This is actually very easy. So remember, no tiebreakers in all Japan. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. So the head-to-heads don't matter. If anybody's tied at the top, they're just going to have a playoff match, okay? So on May 4th, the two matches are Kento Miyahara versus T-Hawk. They both have eight points at the top. And Ryuki Honda versus Jun Saito. Honda also has eight. Jun Saito is a non-factor. So what's going to happen here is Saito Honda is probably going to go on first. Saito will pull the upset. That'll knock Honda out. And then it'll be very clean and very simple. Miyahara versus T-Hawk for the block. Got that, Rich? Very Got simple. It. I think so. so. Yes. That's classic tournament booking. You knock the other guy out early on the show with the upset. And then it comes down to Kento Miyahara and T-Hawk, who, interestingly enough, are the two guys that lost to Yuma Aoyagi on the, on the first two nights of the tournament. But... Aoyagi's out of this with the six points. He's out of the mix. The B block, there's four guys with eight points. Suwama, Suji Ishikawa, 
Rye Saito, which has been the big surprise. The other Saito brothers have been in the mix all the way. And Shotaro Ashino, who we wrote off when he lost his first two matches. He's come back and won four matches. He's got the eight points. And shockingly, he's in the mix. Are you going to be fooled by this, Rich? Or are you going to keep it at arm's length? <sighs> I think I'm going arm's length, but... How about I'll give you the matches? Yeah. What do you got? Okay. So it's Suwama versus Saito. Okay. And then Ashino versus Suji Ishikawa. Hmm. And I'm shocked that Suji Ishikawa is in the mix, by the way. So those are the two matches. So what Gerard seems to think is going to happen is with Suwama and Saito, you know, the voodoo murder shit, maybe like a double DQ or double count out, and they'll both score zero. And then it can come down to Suwama. Uh, I'm sorry. Come down to Ashino versus Ishikawa for the block. That's not a bad theory. That's not bad. Yeah. I, and that, that's that, you know, New Japan would do that a lot in G1s with, you know, the stable versus stable. They would just fight on the outside while the other stable mates are like, no, please stop, stop fighting. So that works. Yeah. That, 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 I, I don't hate that. Because otherwise, with the four guys with the eight points all facing each other, they're going to have to have a playoff match. Right. Which they could do. I mean, they could do a playoff. That's match. just needlessly like complicated for the four men that you just talked about there. It's like, yeah, do we do we need a playoff with those four guys? Like, that that seems a little convoluted. So Let I, me pitch you this then. Yeah. Okay. If they do do a playoff match, and you are going all the way with Ashino, finally. Wouldn't it make sense to do Ashino versus Suwama since that's kind of Ashino's big overarching? Yeah, story. yeah. So then you could have Ashino beat Ishikawa, Suwama beat Saito, and then have Ashino have to overcome Suwama to win the block. I mean, if you're if if Ashino is going to the final or even winning the thing, that's the path, right? You have to have him overcome Suwama. Of course, yeah. Like I, I think that's the way that I would I would book that out. If you're, you know, if you're going to do it and you're going to have, um, you may as well do the tiebreaker match and add a little drama to it and have him overcome this guy who he's kind of been linked to in the story really since he's come into the company. So, um, anyway, the two scenarios are actually, you know, they're pretty simple. It's not that complicated for the final night. And I think that, um, you know, again, the guys with six points, as Gerard points out, they're all still technically alive, but they're going to need a bunch of double DQs and stuff, and we know that they're not um, They're not going to do that. I should note that Ashino already beat Suwama in the, in, in, you know, the block play. Right, right. So it would be two wins over Suwama, which again... That's a big stamp. Yeah, that's a good... That's a good if you're finally going to do what you should have done probably three years ago, <laughs> it's, it, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, you could have him beat him twice and really put him in the rear view. And oh, by the way beat his former tag team partner on the way to him earlier in the night, right? I don't right. know. We probably think about this more than they do, but, um, you know, uh, I I'm just shocked that he climbed back into the mix because the last time me and you did a show, he had lost to uh, Yuma Anzai and Soya, remember? He right, was he, like, was in the, he was in the mud, as the kids would say, and it was like, well, here we go again. But yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's a fun yeah, turnaround. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, and then he, he, he comes all the way back, and now all of a sudden, are we working ourselves into a shoot, and is it just going to be fucking Suwama like it always oh, is? Oh. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, it might you know, be. <laughs> it could be. You know, it'll you know. be Suwama and, and Kento Miyahara, which no one except us is going to want. <laughs> Nobody on Earth. For some reason, Western all Japan fans don't want don't like him except us. So you know, and T Hawk though, it what's funny is he won the the fucking G Rex Gleet thing, 
in the middle of this tour. I've never seen a guy be in a tournament in another company, win his company's world title in the middle of the tournament. And then go back to the then, tournament, yeah. And then they have to book him strong because he's a champion now. You know what I mean? Like, he won that title and now he's ran off a bunch of fucking wins because he can't, you can't have the guy lose. Like, he hasn't lost, I don't think, since he won the fucking Gleet thing. So, you know, that's interesting too, but, you know, he's probably going to lose to Kento. But, um, anyway, that's the carnival catch-up. Uh, Aoyagi's been the best wrestler. I haven't had a ton of notebook matches because, again, all the matches are short. And a lot really of the matches the are main- short. Yeah, looking at the match times, it's pretty crazy. The main events are getting some time, but, yeah, the undercard stuff is getting five to seven minutes, basically, every time. So, yeah, it's not a whole lot. Yeah, to me, I mean, Kojima Miyahara might be... No, it is the best match in the tournament. I, I got to so watch far. that one. That that's that's a no doubt. When I saw that list, that I was like, okay, I got to watch that one for sure. Yeah, and I would go with Aoyagi T Hawk, and then Aoyagi Kojima, and then um, man, I don't know where you turn from there. Maybe um, maybe Aoyagi Miyahara from like night two or night one or whatever that was. Night one, I think. But that's it. I've only had three or four notebook matches. Because there really hasn't been a lot of cracks at it with the main events being the only matches getting time. But it's been an easy to watch tournament. And obviously the booking as it comes down to the wire has been pretty interesting. So um, you know, uh we'll see. I you know, maybe we've worked ourselves into a shoot, but I would like to see Ashino beat Suwama twice yeah, on his way to it. the final. Let's do it. Let's push him finally. <laughs> finally. I said I wouldn't care anymore, but I they could give me it's my guy, so uh, I'll be down. But uh yeah, we'll see. But uh, that is uh and it's still free right through the end of April. Then when you get I, to the final I think May it switches over to you have to pay again. That's gonna be the final. So but oh, you can catch for the up. all Japan TV. Yeah. yeah, it's um there's only one more block show. That's on the uh the fuck is the date? The uh fourth. Okay. Oh, so you're okay. So you're no April. Okay, the fourth is that is one block, and the thirtieth is the other block. Mm, okay, so you can get one more show if um, you want, but you can get one. Yeah, so there's one more show because there's a show on the thirtieth, I think, and then after that, you know, you're gonna have to cough it up if you want to watch the rest. But um, so anyway, that's Champion Carnival, which we've been on top of for the uh for the last three weeks here. And there you go. Uh, we were going to talk about the uh, Dark Side of the Ring season four lineup, but we don't. We can we can talk about that another day. We don't don't need to get into that now. Or should I just do it and then we could scratch it off and never have to do it again? It's up to you, man. I'm, it. Going, I'm all night Lanza. Let's I do am it. All night Lanza. <laughs> we got okay. the lineup for next season of Dark Side of the Ring with some interesting subjects, including Chris Candido and Tammy Sitch, Magnum T A, Adrian Adonis. Just had a new book. Off major and Adonis, so that'll be interesting to see. Uh, Doink the Clown, which I love. I, I love that they're finally going to dig in on Ray Apollo. It's about time that motherfucker gets his. No, it's probably going to be about it's Matt, Bourne. Be Matt Bourne. It's right? Matt Bourne. It I know. To. They listen to this Doink the Clown, but uh, I don't think it's I a hit piece on Ray Apollo or, you know, like I love it. Or Steve Lombardi. Yeah. yeah but I, think, like, I think that they think Doink the Clown is more marketable than 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 Matt Bourne. Exactly. Because more people yeah, would be yeah. familiar with Doink the Clown. So I think that's the. Uh, for that's sure, for sure. But yeah, I, I love the idea of like doing, doing, doing Ray Apollo. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like, what did he do? <laughs> they better not be getting into the ECW run of uh, uh, oh, Born when, Again. When you don't want to, you want Born Again? again? Yeah. They're stepping on my turf. I'm yeah, going to get to that in like four years. And, <laughs> yeah, and 2027, I, you're going to get to that. So yeah. Born Again. Yeah. Speak, very quickly. I, you know, I spent about six hours 
the other night until about four or five in the morning researching Chubby Dudley just to let people know what's coming up on November when I get around to that. I have more information on Chubby Dudley than anyone would ever need. And, uh, you know, if anyone knows how deep I've gone on people like Stevie Wonderful and Hervé Renesto, okay, uh, that's, that's the treatment you're going to get with Chubby Dudley on November to remember. Chubby anyway, Dudley. Uh, Alabama Doink. I don't know if he's going to be involved in this as well, but I guess you could do some uh, dark side on, on Alabama Doink well, as well. he is dead. So, you know. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, so yeah, he could do whatever. Uh, Junkyard Dog, Marty Jannetty, which Dave Meltzer said he saw a preview or heard about the Marty Jannetty thing, and it is a, uh, a big boy, the Marty Jannetty one, because he has on again and off again said that he murdered somebody, but nobody's quite sure if he's lying or true or not. So yeah, and there's also the various Facebook posts about having sex with his daughter and stuff. So it's like, all right, Marty Jannetty. I'm sure there's plenty of meat on the uh, Marty Jannetty bone. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, Bash of the Beach 2000, a, a little-known indie star, Joe. You might have heard of him, Abdullah the Butcher. I don't very know if you... Obscure. Very, very obscure. Very obscure. So that's a, that's a tough one for Dark Side of the Ring. They're going to really have to plug that one or get some people... Well, so, listen, you should at Raj Geary. He can learn something, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, you watch watch this show. They, they're, they're running out of subjects, so they're going to the Abdullah the Butcher. Big you know, Yeah. Yeah. Just, no one knows him, but they'll know him now yeah. because so, he'll be featured here. Mm-hmm. And the Graham family, which... Uh, has some issues in the Graham family for sure. Uh, so there you go. Eddie and it got to be Eddie Graham and of Mike course, Graham, yeah, right? Eddie, Eddie for sure. And then yeah, some of the Mike Graham stuff as well. But uh, Eddie yeah. probably being the top, and then just the hey, here's a pressing family, and pretty much anytime there's a pressing family, you know there's going to be tragedy and awful stuff involved in it. So there you go. That is your lineup for Dark Side of the Ring season four, uh, and that is it for us here on the flagship. You mentioned Gerard a little bit earlier. I want to get the plug out of the way. Uh, the Emerald Flow Show on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, we are also part of the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network here. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. You can subscribe to every one of the individual shows on the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network or just the entire network itself where you get every single one of the shows uh, on one feed. We recommend both and all. Just subscribe to it all. Review it all. Do whatever you got to do to help us move up those uh, rankings. So that is that. That is the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. Voicesofwrestling.com as well for previews, reviews, columns, and all that other good stuff. And uh, last but not least, Voicesofwrestling.com slash Discord if you want to join our Discord, join the conversation uh, there. But uh, that is it for us. That is Joe. I am Rich. And that has been the Flagship Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you again soon. Take care. Bye. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.